welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Paul Roshan, AJ Riley, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage. It is the week. It is the big game. Michigan State, Penn State, Ryan. Oh, yeah. The way it should <laughs> be. Right. Ending the season against the Nittany Lions. This is what I grew up with. Love Michigan State and Penn State at the end of the season. Beautiful colors contrasting. Green and white. Blue and white. The history's there. I mean, it's got to be one of the best rivalries in all of college football. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we got the Land Grant Trophy. If we win, then we've won all three of our rivalry trophies that we played this year. Be fantastic. Bring all of them home. And if we get no, Notre Dame big. in the bowl game. Oh, put man. that trophy on the line, put the megaphone on the line, and get four for four. Oh, yeah. Like a Wendy's deal. This, this, this is, you know, <laughs> like a Wendy's deal. <laughs> As, it's four a, four, absolutely baby. the game of the week, without a doubt. <laughs> Hands down, I don't even know who else uh, is playing this week. Yeah. Uh, can we call it the Battle of the Contract Extension? <laughs> the 10 year war. Hey, who? <laughs> Although it's perfect because they're both they're both supposed to be ten year deal. I think it's amazing. We've heard about this Mel Tucker deal for like three weeks now, and it's still not done. Nope. Like we still don't have a contract. James Franklin is done in a day and a half from the time we heard about it. Like boom, James Franklin's extended. All right, done. Yeah, but I mean, the guy, they're talking about the Mel Tucker thing, and then they get exposed last week, and they're like, oh, maybe we don't want him for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> they're not really it. saying that that's that's a hater thing to say just... even though i don't think they want him for 10 years but i think the melt the james franklin stuff baffles me more than anything else because this dude just always falls up like just no matter what he the last contract extension he got penn state gave him because they felt bullied into it like they were worried about losing him and he demanded more from the school blah 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 blah. oh so he he did he did what y'all accused mel of doing last week he he takes yeah he takes y'all acting like Mel was trying to stick up the MSU front office. What were they a top six team preseason? Like they <laughs> yeah, were. You think I paid that much attention to Penn State? <laughs> oh, they were super high Two and a half preseason, months ago. like supposed to contend. Which in Penn State's defense, if they had an offensive line, they could have because their defense is lights out. But they don't, and they also have a bum head coach. So they have a top six preseason team. All the hype coming into the season, they're gonna. Push Ohio State for the Big Ten title. They may have actually been favorites for the Big Ten. I don't know. They were really up there. And then they've already lost four games, uh, right? Something like that. At least three. I, th- I think they're. I think they're seven and four right now. Um, lost Iowa. Lost and, Michigan. And, and, and lost somehow, Illinois. despite lost a Illinois. catastrophe of a season, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so plenty sure. more evidence that James Franklin cannot coach to save his life. And all of a sudden, he's getting a ten-year deal because. USC might want Wait, how, Are how you is it James right Franklin's now? fault he has no offensive line? Well, it's his fault he can't coach. How good are you going to coach if you got no co- one blocking for your quarterback? Look, I think the fact that he uh, just he lost to Illinois this year would be reason I mean, enough to be like, eh, let's see how next year long. goes Listen, before I, we go give you an we, extension. We had, and if you want to leave for Michigan USC, very, go for USC. Michigan no, had a very rough COVID year. But we did not lose to Illinois, okay? Like, that's – and I, I know Clifford got hurt, 
it, things happen. But do you lost to Illinois in like a thousand overtimes too? Because like a game like that, that doesn't you're count. Like, okay, this is well, not whatever this stupid new rule is. This is not overtimes. I agree with this you. Is shit, a hundred percent. Let's have a two-point two conversion off. Who can do it the most? It's, it's dumb. It's really dumb. It's like way worse than PKs in soccer. Way worse. Way worse. So much worse. It's so bad. No, I, I hate it. But it, it happened. They lost that game. But you think like overtime. Because I can't believe the game went to overtime. And I think there was like 20 total points scored in the game. Abhorrent. Yeah, 28. And nobody could even make the... <laughs> nobody could even make but, the two points. But they're not real overtime. overtimes. But, you're not getting touchdowns. You're getting two points. <laughs> over the first and over two and over. Are, though, right? You're getting, you're getting the first one play. Two real overtime, right? We, the first two overtimes are real, though. Yeah, I think so. So what? I cannot think of a worse Big Ten loss in recent history for, like, a team that was supposed to be that good coming into the season. Like, it's beyond belief bad. It's yeah, so bad. pretty bad. Like, at least, like, Michigan <clears throat> State lost to Rutgers last year, but Michigan State was bad last year, and they weren't expected to be good. They, we knew they were going to be bad. Penn State's supposed to be awesome, man. Not cool. James Franklin's garbage can. Yep, keep him right where he is in Happy Valley. <laughs> Make Michigan we, and Michigan State fans. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that benefits all of our programs if he stays. You're damn right. So we we all agree, though. Yeah, and we it, like and it keeps him away from USC, because which is better for college football. Better for co- well, I honestly think he may have succeeded at USC because he is a good recruiter, and I think he may have gotten so much talent it didn't matter that he couldn't coach. Like it, he might have been able to pull at all. He just, he just fell into talent, like so, just because it's USC. People just come I, yes. anyway. Like I want to play. For, I don't want to play for you, but I want to wear the red and gold. <laughs> well, he does. The crazy thing is, he gets like people do want to play for James Franklin. I can't tell you why. I cannot fathom it. Like I mean, he looks like a, he looks like he's a fun guy. I just don't know how much he knows about actually coaching football. The quarterback they have coming in next season, Drew Allard, is a true freshman. I don't know if he's going to play next season, but he's going to be awesome. He's like super. I mean, good, as far man. as like and a list of like the all the head coaches in college football, three hundred and whatever of them, however many there are in all the different divisions, like a top like ten list of like coaches I'd have a beer with. Like Franklin's near it. He looks like he'd be he'd be fun to go out with, and I think he'll pick up the tab. Nah. <laughs> he looks After like he'd be fun to slap you in better the face. pick up the tab. <laughs> I, there, is, there is no redeeming qualities of James Franklin to me, other than the fact that he sucks and that's bad for Penn State. And good for Michigan and good for Michigan State. It, it, so, it's crazy. So since we're, James we're all in unison. We're happy like, that James Franklin is staying where he's staying. No idea what's going to happen with Mel Tucker at Michigan State. But the big game well, we this have week, idea. hopefully the Spartans able to come out on top and have uh, 10 wins on the season before the bowl game because that, that's something we all expected coming into the season. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> – we called it right from the get-go. That's all. That's right where we have Michigan State's record at the end of the season, definitely. That's right. No need to go back and listen. We all definitely said it. <laughs> yeah, do not check the receipts on that one. All right. <laughs> Hopefully you can tell by the, the, uh, the, the sarcasm in all of our voices. The actual big game, the game, is this weekend. Michigan – Ohio State, uh, all the uh, all the great history of this rivalry, all the great games, all the great head coaches, all the great quotes. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like us. <laughs> Why'd you go for two? Because they wouldn't let me yeah, go for three. That's the best one. <laughs> yeah, I do like that like, one. Th- there are. <laughs> I do like that one. There what is, a, what uh, a dickhead! That's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Like that but it is, is a game. And that's like one of the or, all-time best quotes of 
like oh yeah football. No, yeah like in sports like, coach all sports, whatever you want to like, say it's so funny why'd you go for two because i couldn't go for three <laughs> back when football was football yeah and they hated each other and then the very next season he punches a guy in the throat <laughs> uh, yep and that was the end of the 10-year war <laughs> yes it was Woody Hayes, no longer allowed to be a head coach in college football. Woody Hayes, known role model. <laughs> oh, hang on. The whole the hang on. Whoa, whoa. Woody Hayes made a stupid, <clears throat> stupid bonehead move in the heat of the moment. Woody Hayes is absolutely a role model, though. If you don't, yeah, if you if, if you don't know how good of a, a, how better good of a human being Woody Hayes was... Y'all need to do some history. Wasn't that, a, wasn't that a Clemson player too? I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was in the bowl game against Clemson. Yeah. The better role like model than Urban Bo. Meyer teaching leadership at Ohio that. State. Is what Woody Hayes is. No, no. Do, do not listen to a word Paul Rojan says. This man doesn't know a damn thing about the history of this person. Clearly, go read the Ten Year War, Paul. You'll get a little bit of the history at least. At least a little bit. I know damn well who will. And, and, and you'll feel good really because there's a lot of Michigan victories in the 10-year war. Something yeah. you haven't seen since 2011 in this rivalry. In fact, it's been 10 years. with Ohio State's win this upcoming weekend, they will tie Michigan for the longest winning streak in the history of the rivalry at nine games because they didn't play last year. Thank you, COVID. One of the very few times since 1930-something that this game has been interrupted. It's only happened like four times. In the last like eighty years, but yeah, I was very upset to miss the game last. Oh, I'm sure you were. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm sure you were. <laughs> it was I was not at all. That would have been the embarrassment of all embarrassments. Yeah, it's it's uh it's been a tough. Ryan Day, why didn't you score hundred? Because I couldn't score two hundred. <laughs> yeah, ever since uh, Jim Trestle came in there, it's been a it's been tough sledding for Michigan against Ohio State. There's been uh, I mean it has been, some been wins, but, but, but like let's also it's just let's also pitch. like. Right in the middle of that. Ever since they hired the guy that had to leave his previous job for cheating so that he could turn around the Ohio State program and flip the script on the rivalry, things have been different. Gee, I wonder why. Wait, are we talking about Trestle or are we talking about Meyer? <laughs> oh, Trestle. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was asking. No, no, it, it all started with it Trestle. It did start with Trestle. You all know what he did on, down at Youngstown State? You know how that yeah. went? He started the program and it just got picked up more and more with each ensuing coach. The nonsense picked up more and more. We didn't come here to play school. We came here to get tattoos and free cars, and and uh, we don't need classes. We don't even need to go to campus. I'm Justin Fields. I all my classes are online, and some nerd does them. It worked out for them. I'm not salty. A, I'm uh, I'm very. It's, well it's a good business model. Really if that's care. how they're running it. It's not a big deal. You should look into that. It's, it's a very level playing field. I'm not at all bitter. I mean, you know, y'all don't have to continue to be the leaders of the West. Y'all can let the kids just go and play football. That's right. No. 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 <laughs> Not okay with this. I'm just mad. Because uh, when then when they still lose, they're not going to have an excuse to fall back on. <laughs> They'd be like, I, well, <laughs> even if even if we had played that COVID game in that horrible season. I, I can just about guarantee the halftime score would have still been prettier than whatever the hell we saw last week. Probably, we're on the Penn State. Oh, most likely. Your your pass defense is. Yeah, I've never. Your pass defense is not the worst in all of college football, like ours is. I I I mean I seen what Roddy White Jr. at Michigan State did to us last year. I I our pass defense was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 
I've never seen. So, 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 so there's already no hope for the Wolverines. If your past defense is as bad as ours, there's no hope for the Wolverines. No, that was last season. No, okay, so, so you're better this year. Yes, our past defense is much better this year. Okay, uh, like vastly better. I mean, DJ Turner, who had a big play this mm-hmm. last week, aided by uh, Tua to Talia to his little brother Talia, doing his best Teddy Bridgewater impression. Uh, I don't know if you caught that, Matt. Um, DJ Turner had a pick six last week, and Talia had a shot at him probably around the 10-yard line, and then literally said, nah, fam. Well, but, honestly, worse worse than Bridgewater. But he, no, but he at least moved. Hang on, hang on. Right? He at least moved. That man's not getting paid to play football. That's a smart business decision. Why would you hurt yourself trying to do that? You're getting <laughs> blown out anyway. All he had to do was nudge him out no, of bounds. No, as as I, long that's as an important moved. shoulder. As long as he moved, he's better than Brady. I, that is an important shoulder. Why is, would you risk it? In the... It started on the broadcast, and everyone, like, just carried on with it. They said, oh, he thought he stepped out of bounds. That is the most absurd nonsense thing I've ever heard. Anyone that plays football, one, you play to the whistle, and there was not even uh, a fringe of whistle. Two, everyone was still running. Everyone around him. No one stopped playing. No one started jogging. No one slowed down. No one stopped trying to tackle him. The the guy running back closer to the goal line behind Talia still trying to get DJ Turner. He was the only person on that field that was like, you know what? You can have this one. Yeah, because you I know what? He's the most important player in on that Terrapin team. We have... DJ Turner has broke out these last few games uh, specifically. He's really come on this year. Um, he's been quite good, especially in Game on Green's absence, who hopefully will be back for the game. There's very mixed signals out there. I think he's going to play. I believe he's going to play. I'm saying that myself. Um, and then you have Vincent Gray, who has had a very up-and-down career. Uh, he came on as a youngster in 2019. Uh, really showed out in a bowl game against Alabama, really held his own against Alabama's absurd receiving unit, um, played really well. And then last year, uh, he was horrible. Uh, he looked like he didn't belong in on a Power 5 team uh, playing pass defense. And this year, he's been much better. He's had a bounce back here. And so with those three, like we're not perfect, all right? This isn't the days of we don't have Jordan Lewis and Lavert Hill. It's not Because they did real well against Ohio down. State. Well, they did. They did very well against Ohio State. It was the people around them that failed them. Um, they, they they certainly held their own against Ohio State receivers. They were not the problem. Uh, but a, a lot of other things, a lot of other players uh, were, especially as we got banged up in those games. We're not talking about those games. It doesn't matter. The point is, our secondary is much better this year. We still have Dax Hill. We got RJ Moe. We got Brad Hawkins. Uh, we got Rod Morris really coming on. As yeah, a he really like our is. Secondary, he? He's been playing really well. Oh, he has been. He has. And it's... And he was an unheralded guy. Um, but a fun thing about Rod Moore is Rod Moore's from Ohio. He's a true freshman. Uh, you think this game means a lot to him, being not at all recruited by Ohio State, uh, and ended up coming to Michigan as a lowly three-star recruit, and is a true freshman. He's going to get to play in this stage against this team. Um, our secondary is definitely much better than it was last season. And no offense to our Spartans listening, there or you guys. It is much better than Michigan State's pass defense. What? Um, no. It seemed to take. It seemed to take another step back. Like, you guys aren't great. We we talked about this a lot. Pass defense has been you an issue. You can literally name any uh, college football team. They have a better pass defense than us. You didn't get lit up for 500 yards against Purdue because your pass defense is good. But what Ohio State did was something I've never seen. Thirty-two for thirty-five. Ever. 
He, twice as many touchdowns <laughs> as incompletions. He was 32 for 35. He missed three passes I, all game. I don't – we're all familiar with pro days, yeah. right, and the scripted performances <laughs> that quarterbacks put on for them to impress NFL teams. <coughs> C.J. Stroud throwing against an actual live defense. He had his pro day. Against an actual live defense had a better, more impressive day than many quarterbacks do at their pro game. He, pro yeah, day. He doesn't. I, and I'm not even. That's not a joke. No, no. It's I'm not. not I, I'm not trying to be. And funny. he did it all in the first I, half. Happened, did he even yeah, take a snap? It happened in, the third in a quarter? half of football. One half of football, dude. I don't. How? What was it? Four hundred yards. Three ninety-three. Three hundred eighty yards. Something in the first half. In a half yeah. of football. Okay, so, in a half of football. So, so let me ask you this: because Ohio State is the oh we don't go to school and blah 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 and when the idiots compared to University of Michigan where they have to be smart and go to school. Why weren't y'all smart enough to figure that shit out against Michigan State? Oh, let's just throw it every damn time because they can't stop it. I mean, so we threw it a lot. Not every time. Um, but if. <laughs> If you want the true answer, it's because the thing that I've harped on for about three years now, I don't know, however long Josh Gaddis has been here, because I don't think Josh Gaddis is very good. Um, he tries, and sometimes he gets some things right, but, I mean, you've seen that fourth and two play call where we ran into nine defenders yeah. for no when reason When the left side was wide that's, open. That's the kind of stuff he does. Um, and it, what, what is nice is we have a, we have a, we have a really good offensive staff outside of the coordinator. Um, and it helps that our head coach is a very good offensive mind. Um, we correct things that we see let, let this past week against Maryland, we had a similar run. Um, and Cade was given the freedom to check that run and he flipped it and it almost broke big on third and 10. Uh, Haskins actually got clipped from behind by the defensive end who broke off, but if he, it was close. And if he didn't, he was, he was gone. Um, much improvement. Like we fix things, but the problem is when it comes to sequencing plays and it comes to really attacking the other team's weakness over and over again and doing things in advantageous situations, Josh Gaddis struggles at it. And he's put moments of brilliance, brilliance out there, but there's, it's not consistent. Like our offense is so inconsistent and it's stupid because this is the most offensive talent we've ever had under Harbaugh. Um, it, we have a, a elite offensive line. Our offensive line is very good. We pass protect very well, and we open up holes in the run game quite consistently. So our off- everything starts with the offensive line. We have the best quarterback we've had since end of season Jake Rudock, and Kate is getting close to surpassing him. It's, it's really hard to compare because the offenses were so different. Um, and we threw downfield a lot more at the end of that 2015 season um, with Amara Darbo and Jehu Chesson um, really started coming on. And Jake Rudock came into his own at the end of that season. And that's kind of what Kate has been doing this season. But the offense is a lot different. So it, it's hard to compare them. But that's the level he's playing at. And it's sad that that's kind of been our bar for quarterback play. Um, we've had a lot of injuries and a lot of bad breaks. And then Shea obviously did not live up to what you hoped he was going to be. Although I put some blame on Gaddis for that too. Uh, blame him for just about everything. But you have the quarterback that's pretty darn good. You have plenty – receiver talent. You guys know I don't think receivers like super important. It's not. If you have an offensive line that can block, if you have a good quarterback, that's what – receivers are going to get open at this level. This level and the next level, they're going to get open. They're going to catch passes. 
you need a good play caller, you need a good offensive line, a good quarterback. And your offense is set. But we have all those things except a play caller. Um, statistically, we've been still a very good offense this year. It's the consistency that has betrayed us. It is yeah. the droughts that betray us. Look at the Michigan out. State game. The yep. three and outs at inopportune times. The Michigan State game, we had our way for two and a half quarters on offense. No issue scoring. None. We ran all over that field. We passed all over that field. K did throw for 380 yards in the game. The problem is we get cute and we waste plays. And the yeah. problem, you can't waste it's, plays against no. good teams. We actually we actually waste drives. Yeah. But we specifically waste plays. And you can't do that against good teams because when you waste plays or you call plays into disadvantageous situations, that forces you to be perfect on, on the rest of your yep. plays. So you get yourself into that third and ten because you did two dumb things that you didn't yep. need to do. And all of a sudden, you have one play to execute or the drive's over. You can't do that against good teams. Miscues happen. Other good teams make plays sometimes. You can't – we don't make things easy on offense. And that's why we're so inconsistent. I mean, you saw there were three drives against Penn State where our offense looked like Ohio State's offense. Like that's how good it was. And then the rest of the game, our offense looked like Illinois offense. It's why, – why has that happened? Well, it's play calling. It's it's inconsistency in play calling. And yes, listen, these kids are young. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, they don't have Ohio State level talent on offense. They're very good, but they don't have that level of talent. But we do not call a consistent game to make things easy on the offense. We string things together, but against a team like Ohio State, you got to have you got to have four quarters of great offensive play calling execution. <clears throat> we have not done that once this season. Not one time. Not even against and, Maryland. And the key to close that, to, and my big key to this whole thing is, in order to do that, you have to, that helps you then shorten the game, which you have to do against Ohio State. If you don't shorten the game against Ohio State, meaning you sustain drives, they get the ball less, It it's just never, you're you have no chance. No chance at all. And that's going to be the biggest the biggest key for Michigan this week is how many sustained drives can you actually put together? Specifically in the first half, I would say that the first three quarters are, are <clears throat> going to be monumental for that because it's if you just let Ohio State go out, let's say Ohio State gets on the board and then you go three and out and they get on the board again, you're down two scores in a matter of you know half a quarter. That's That's a problem. Yeah, they can't do that, though. They haven't done that all year. <laughs> what? Go up uh, multiple scores very quickly. It's so, not right. not in their repertoire. <laughs> well, that's not true. We we put up, just in our last game, in like eight minutes, we put up. Like no, that's not. Uh, I, I was, was talking, talking, about, I was talking about Ohio State. I'm talking about Ohio State. Like, Michigan's key has to, Oh, you were being sarcastic. I'm saying Michigan's key to this game is... is complete ball is, control is like time of possession happen. like no i ryan i i misunderstood what ryan was saying i'm sorry well it's because i was responding to aj because i was listening no, I, hmm? see i actually <laughs> a lot has been made out of exactly what you said aj and it's it's the on the surface the intuitive thing the best way to stop an opposing team's offense that's really good is to keep them off the field 
And that makes a lot because of sense. Because it also gives your defense time to rest. It does. Well, your def- we, our defense has, has to. to. Like, we cannot have a bunch no. of three and outs. Um, everyone is terrified of Ohio State's passing game for good reason. Uh, but their running game is not a slouch. And their offensive line is super good. And if they run the ball all over us, we don't have a prayer to stop them when they're on offense. Because we don't have the resources to put extra guys in the box. against the run and no. the pass. You only got 11 yep. guys, right? So you got to pick your yep. poison. And you hope that you can contain their run game with normal numbers so that you can dedicate extra numbers to the pass game. Now, you're not going to do either all game. But I, I want to be able to run a cover two shell most of this game, yep. right? And if you put yourself in a position where you can't put two high safeties up because you can't stop the run... We're in trouble. I, and that, that's just the reality of it because that's what their offense is going to make us do. But one thing that I have thought a lot about is on the surface, you want to keep the ball out of their hands and you want to make it a lower possession game. And you want to do that because what? None. What? None. Keep going. No, give me your input. It's fine. <laughs> it's talking about the best offense in college football right now. So like just oh the best just literally the best number one in all of college football is down at Columbus. So like it's just I don't see how I I don't I don't see you know I don't see the defense being able to do that and keep them off the field. No 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 it's not a matter. Well we're to, we're talking about keeping yeah, them off the field. With yeah, no offense. I know I'm just saying but but I'm saying your defense giving you that shot where then your offense can now come in with some momentum to do that. You know doing it after a kickoff you don't really have momentum. <laughs> they no, just scored. No, but your but, defense doing it, so but that your you, offense can then have a chance with momentum to try and keep them off the field. Yeah, but listen, like Ohio State, the the odds of them scoring every time they touch the ball are are low. I'm not saying that it can't happen, and it, it, they Did will they just sc- happen against us. <laughs> yes, but let's pretty, let's also let's also agree that our defense is a little oh, bit better. It might than take yours. them more plays to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I still think they're going to accomplish it for the most part. Look, I think that Michigan gets a couple of stops. Like, I don't think Michigan gets scored on every every time Ohio State touches the ball. Oh, we got stops in the second half. I, we need to get a stop on the first drive. Is what you we do. Need to get. Stop that first scripted yes. drive, and that that will that could change the entire yes, game. But no, but I no, I, a... I think it, it goes deeper than that, though, Paul. If you do get that stop on that first scripted drive, then it is imperative. That you even if you don't score, score. you gotta score. You, no, you, you gotta score. Okay. Ultimately, yes, the goal is to score. But let's say you stop them on the opening drive. Your next drive needs to take six, seven minutes off of the clock and pick up three, four, five first downs. Like it has to flip, flip field position. Get your defense exactly. To rest. Tell let's show them it's gonna be a long yes. day, guys. So here is where I have. A little bit of a counterintuitive thought on how we can win this game in a more shootout oh, style gosh. of game. Uh, one being, I believe we all agree that Ohio State is going to score more often than they don't. I don't. I don't think if they get fifteen drives, I think they're scoring on eight to twelve of them. Um, and I don't think and none of you disagree with that, do you? Say that if they get twelve drives and they're going to score on eight to eight of them. I said 
I said 15 oh, drives. Um, I said, and they'll score on eight, eight to eight to twelve of them. Um, my point being, they're going to score on more drives than they don't. Like we're not going to, they're going to score, and they're going to score on the majority of their drives. One of the things that obviously matters, and you talk about it in any game, is field goals versus touchdowns. We have to make them earn it. We have to make them go on long drives. We can't give up 77-yard touchdowns. No offense to anybody in green and white. Uh, but you can't afford to do that. You can't give them the easy stuff. you got to make them earn it. Um, and then tighten up in the red zone, hopefully. I mean, play the what the defense that Michigan State's played all year before this break. game. This kind of the defense that you want to play. Tighten up in the red zone. Hope you can make them kick a few field goals. But also, mistakes happen. Um, the way that we're going to stop Ohio State's offense, which is not going to be reliable, but we are going to rely on mistakes, mistakes that they make and mistakes that we force. One, our defensive line is obviously going to have to take over this game for us to have a chance. They have to own the line of scrimmage. If our defensive line, and this is what happened in 2018, um, I think it was 18, it might have been 19, um, I think it was 18 though when we had Winovich and Gary, but they were both banged up going into the game. Um, they didn't. Like, Haskins had a million years to just sit back yep. in the pocket and pick us apart. We can't do that. If our defensive line doesn't own the line of scrimmage, they will run all over us, they will pass over us, they will do whatever we want. But if we can push them around a little bit on the line of scrimmage, it's going to be hard because their offensive line is excellent and they have two huge tackles that have done an excellent job lately, even against Penn State's really good defense. Very good. But if we can make them sweat a little bit, we can make them make mistakes, okay? If you get a false start in a hold, and you were at the 25-yard line, and all of a sudden you're at first and 25, right? Mistakes happen. Maybe they get a fumble. Maybe they maybe they throw an interception. Maybe a ball gets batted in the air. We need defensively to force mistakes or hang in there long enough that mistakes organically happen. Nobody, no matter how good, can play a perfectly clean game every time they go out. It, it doesn't happen. It, it, football is a weird game. The ball bounces weird. Sometimes they slip out of your hand. Sometimes a guy slips. Like, weird stuff happens in football. And what I'm getting at is everyone talks about we need to keep their offense off the field and we need to play ball control. I kind of think that the opposite game could be in our favor. And it sounds crazy because everyone's like, oh, you don't want to get in a shootout with Ohio State. Well, the thing is, if we're going to win this game, it's going to be a shootout. If we get in a high possession game with Ohio State, and we know they're going to score a lot, but we can score a lot too, it gives our defensive line, who really is defensively the only unit that can flip this game for us, it gives them more possessions to make a game-changing impact. If we play a ball possession game, and it's like a seven possessions on each side game because they're just long slogs of drives. There's less opportunities for game-changing mistakes in plays. And I think we need those to win this game. I don't. If both teams play a clean game, I don't know how Michigan wins, even if we play ball control. If both teams are clean, I don't know how Michigan wins this game. So I am willing to give more possessions, to give my best players... Daxton Hill and Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo more chances at making a game-changing play and trusting that if you have more possessions, my team can play cleaner than your team. I mean, I because we've played super clean all season. In the, I don't see us winning this game if both teams play clean. I just, I don't, I don't see a path to that. Yeah, I entirely understand that logic. My whole thing is. 
their athletes on offense are better than our athletes on defense. And I don't want I don't want to put my guys in that position as many times as possible because they will win that way. But if it, their their defense, can you not say that our athletes on offense have an advantage on, on their athletes on defense that have been vulnerable at times so, this year? Even so, if they've gotten so that's a lot where better? that's where I think that it is. You know, I think that that's where I think Michigan does can take advantage, right? Because Ohio State's defense has been considered suspect, right, all year, even though they did shut down, as Dylan would say, the speed is life offense last week right um dylan is buzzword yeah so that's speed was life last week dylan was correct (laughs) right (laughs) i just i just think a lot of speed on that ohio state team that's what i'm saying like i just i don't know It, it it's too to me the risk is too great when you give them so many opportunities to score so many points, where if you can use that offensive line that we have and the thunder and lightning backfield that we have and the game-managing quarterback that we have to take as much time off the clock and keep the ball out of C.J. Stroud's hands, I think that the odds of that work way better in your favor than multiple 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 possessions for the best offense in the country are you guys gonna have thunder and lightning is corn coming back yeah he was back last week so, i thought well he was dressed but even donovan edwards not, like he showed out last week and he brings a whole nother aspect to the game too so and, and haskins like that dude is just good like He's he doesn't like tackle. he's good and and it's so nice. it's it's going to be really interesting to see if like Michigan can take and I don't re- I didn't watch the entire Ohio State Oregon game but like what was the formula that Oregon it, it doesn't used? matter it's not even relevant today the the formula Oregon used was they put up a million points in yards on a defense that was one of the worst in college football. Um, they ran but has gotten Ohio better. That's what I thought. I, I, well, I do remember them it's running a lot. It's completely revamped. And that's the, like, I hate, I'm not, this is not directed at you in particular, but I've heard so many people bring up the Oregon game. And I hate it because we don't get the luxury of playing the Ohio State team that Oregon played. And you can say that. Anytime you play a team at the end of a season versus the beginning of the season. But this is, especially in this case, it is so different. They do not even, their defense, they don't even have the same play caller. They don't even run the same exact scheme. Like the the, the plays that they call, it, it is very different. They have moved guys around in different roles. It is an entirely different defense. Now, it's not perfect. Okay, we're not facing the Georgia defense. All right, if, if a team had Ohio State's offense in Georgia's defense this year, they'd be the best team in college football history. Like, period. Like, just done. Give them the title now. We're not facing Georgia's defense, though. They're not that good. But they've improved so immensely from the Oregon game. And Ohio State's offense has improved, too. They had a first-time starter at quarterback. They had an offense that was not even close to hitting its stride. I think if you watched half the game last week, you would see an offense that hit its stride. All right? 
that, that offense looked unstoppable. Listen, you're never as good as you look. You're never as good as you look on your best day. You're never as bad as you look on your worst day. But Ohio State is so far removed from what they were two and a half months ago when they played Oregon. No, nothing that happened that game in the slightest is relevant to me. If we played, if, if this Michigan team right now played Ohio State that day, they could have beaten them, like, easily. It wouldn't have been that bad. Like, we could have taken that team. We could have scored a ton of points. We don't get that luxury. So, it, to me, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, Oregon beat them. It's a blemish on the record. But it is nothing to do with the team Ohio State is today. If, if Ohio State and Oregon played this Saturday, Ohio State would win by 28 points. They would. So, I don't – that, that really just – and it's something that people have brought up a lot. We don't get to face that team. What we do need to look at is what did Penn State do to limit Ohio State? Okay. Uh, Ohio State was very vulnerable in the Penn State game. Um, if they didn't get a fumble return for a touchdown, who knows how that game would have went. I, 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 I like to think Ohio State would have still won out um, just because they really are better and more balanced than Penn State is. But Penn State has an elite defense, and they gave you a formula for shutting down Ohio State. Ohio State moved the ball on Penn State. But Penn State stifled them in the red zone over and over again and made them work for everything once they got there. And they had, they showed their defense, or I'm sorry, their offense showed cracks against Penn State. Now, Penn State's defense is better than ours. They're not worlds better, but they're a little bit, they're better than our defense. That's the kind of stuff that we need to try to replicate. The stuff that Penn State did, the stuff that Oregon did, it's not there for us. That's a different Ohio State team. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long day Saturday. I want to be pleasantly surprised, but, like, this whole, like, you say, Matt, if they win this Saturday, it'll be nine games in a row? Yep. Yeah, that's got to stop. Yeah, there, there is all sorts of fun stuff in this <laughs> rivalry. But upsets like this have happened. We've seen in this rivalry especially, at least in years past, yep. that especially it's not always the, the better team that wins it. Many years past. Mid-90s. It happened quite often in the 93, 94, 95, 96. The team that was the better team didn't always win. But you also had two teams then that were much more equally talent-matched. And I don't... And that's... You, you hit the nail on yeah. that right there. The talent yeah. gap, right? You know, something, though... Something you said... You were talking about Haskins a little bit ago. And you, you've been extremely impressed. I, I've loved him since... I. Like you have. the last few true. years, just watching him run, I just I think he runs too high, but I love him. Well, it's a it, when he's bouncing off of people, and he's, he's got to stop jumping over people. A dude's gonna get hurt. No, it he came works. In, no, it doesn't. He's it doesn't. Oh yes, he, it does. When is it not? So worked? he gains an extra like maybe two or three yards because by the time he's gained thirty plus extra yards on by him the, sometimes he is but. He, this isn't Eric Ebron trying to hurdle people. All right, when when Haskins hurdles someone, he's hurdling with him per, with purpose because he saw what the defender was doing. Like I don't, he can hurdle all he wants because I I think he understands when to hurdle and when not to hurdle. Like he's not doing it for show. He sees an edge and he takes it. Like I I'm totally fine with it. But something I, I thought it was interesting you brought up Haskins again because everyone knows Haskins is our bull, right? Like Haskins, you're trying to tackle Haskins and it's a fight all day. And it wears the defense down, right? Like, how many times do you have this guy bottled up and he's carrying yep, the pile with help for six, seven, eight yards? I mean, you've you've seen just a mass of bodies, half the offense and defense in, in this glob in the middle of the field, 
moving for yeah. eight yards. Like, how many times have we seen that this season? So many times. Do you know how exhausting that yeah, is on a defense? Sure. Do you know how, and not just physically, because we, we've all played football. We know how worn down you get by the end of the game, how physically exhausted you are. Think about the mental toll that it takes on you. That you hit this dude, and you hit this dude. He's dishing it right back, and he's not going down, and he's making you look foolish, and he's running harder than you are. By the fourth quarter, you're, you're, you don't want to tackle this guy anymore. You're over. Like it's, it, it, and you might think you want to, but the same level of intensity, it is so hard to keep up from beginning to the end against such a physical front that Michigan has in a running back like Haskins does. And then Haskins comes out, and your mindset goes from, I, I'm trying to bring this bull down that's running through me to now I got to chase this scat back across the field. Like Which, Paul, plays into my thought process and game planning I disagree. of pound the rock and, and control the clock because... Well, I see, I, I, I agree with pounding the rock, but not necessarily the low possession thing because the more we can make them, the more... Their de- possessions, their defense has to play. It works yes, both ways. But it, well, you said we want to keep their offense off the field, but every time their offense gets off the field because they score, now our offense is coming on the field to beat the shit sure, out of their defense. Sure, I understand that, but on sustained drives, when you're controlling that clock, that's that many more times they have to tackle them without going to the sideline for a break. And sure, I get they rotate people in, but... They're rotating defensive players, like defensive linemen in, not necessarily linebackers and people that are filling the hole, and eventually you pop one. So, like, I, I get like I, I get the logic of what you're saying as far as the and, – and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it. I think if you could find a way to try to maybe, like, combine the two approaches, right, and just, like, let them, like, smack the crap out of the defense and just keep pounding – sustain that drive take your shots or like you know let's say that you pound the rock for six minutes and then you get a defensive stop right one of those three that you're claiming we're going to get like defensive stop then maybe the next time you can go out and boom like get down the field and 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 score quickly but i just i just there's so many things like michigan almost has to play the absolutely perfect game on saturday uh, in order to even have a chance, in my opinion. Well, so that's I, – I said this before. We have to play a, a pretty close to perfect game, as you just said. And we also have to have good fortune that has not befell us in, in the last many years in this rivalry. You look at what happened in 2016. You look at the, the what happened in 2017, back-to-back years where, like the, – the, we were we played better than them. With the chips stacked against us, we played better than them, and we lost <clears> both those games. 2018, the injury issues. Like, I, we have not had anything go our way in this game in what feels like so long. You got, I think it was 2019, you have J.K. Dobbins dribbling the ball off the turf, catching it mid-stride on yeah. a huge run. Like, we, our defense forces a fumble only for, like... You don't see yeah. things like that in football, and yet that's the kind of anti-breaks that Michigan has gotten in this game. If the fortune falls our way for once, if the bad spot goes our way for once, right? If a bad call goes our way for once, 
and we play an incredible game, we have a chance. Because we're not going to be outworked in this game. And that's why I don't mind the war of attrition that a million possessions in a true shootout would be. Because if we don't have the same skill level. We don't have the same raw offensive output. We don't. But if there's one thing that I think that we will have the edge in this game, it's our willingness to completely war for 60 plus minutes. With, with everything that's on the line, with how much these players are into this, we're playing at home. If I am picking one team that can stay mentally and physically locked in for 60 plus minutes if it goes to overtime, I, I'm taking us in that dogfight. And that's where I think more possessions can be a benefit because I think we will get stronger throughout the game. And I think we can wear them down. And the more snaps, the more that goes in our direction. And I get it. It's not, it's counterintuitive. If you think they have a lightning offense, they have an awesome offense, you want to keep them off the field, you want it to be a 6-7 possession game for each team. But to me, that benefits the better team, which I think we would all agree is Ohio State. I Because I, less stuff can happen. Now, let, let's be clear on a few things before we get too carried away. One, we don't get to choose how long our scoring drives are. We can go in with a game right. plan. But at you the end of the day, we're trying to score every time we have the ball. We're trying to score yeah. every time we have the ball. And we are not going to turn down big plays for the sake of possessing no. the ball. Or vice versa, right? Like, we're not going to do that. And, and you can't do that. We just have to score however we can score. And however the game shakes out, it shakes out. What I am saying is, one is an attitude and a mentality going into this. But really, everyone has been so on this, we need to control and, and play keep away. And I just think that you don't have to do that. I think that you can win in a shootout, and I think if we're going to win, it's it's going to be in a somewhat shootout. Now, my definition of a shootout might be different than other people's, but if both teams are, are scoring three and a quarter plus points every time they're on the field, each drive, that's a shootout. I mean, if you have it nine possessions versus 15 possessions, the score's going to look a lot different, but if you're scoring almost every time you have the ball, that's a shootout, right? Like, it doesn't matter if it's just a handful sure. of times or if it's 20 times like if each team scoring all the time it's kind of a shootout you got to match score for score so that's how i look at it like i'm not afraid of the extra possessions but on top of that it depends on how the king goes so i talked about extra we shouldn't fear extra possessions because we want to give we want to we're trying to make less mistakes and force them into mistakes and we want as many opportunities for them to cough the ball up and make those mistakes as possible what if they make a couple back-breaking mistakes early in the game? Well, that changes everything. Like, if they have a fumble for six or we block a punt and we get up 21-7, like, near the end of the first half, now the game changes, right? Because now we got our breaks early. We got our game-changing plays early. We don't want to give them excess possessions to catch right. up, right? Now the attitude changes. Now you do want to limit the game. But again, you're not in full control of this. This is just... Your mentality and what but you'd like to see, do. See, that's where well. that right there, though, is where I start to get more nervous. Let's say that we, for some reason, fortune has favored the brave, and we Michigan has a a ten point lead with eight minutes left in the third quarter, right? Or in the fourth, fourth quarter, quarter, I'll still be terrified. Are you I, kidding me? And and the reason why I'm terrified is because 
I'll be sick well, to my and stomach. The reason why I would be terrified is because one, we have shown the ability when we have leads late in the game to not keep the pressure on, but play not to lose. I'm not worried about that in this game. I understand it. Like, I'm not worried it. about it if if and I think that this is where I think Jim would step up and be like, listen, do not take the the foot off the pedal. But if if he were to hang back and Gaddis were trying not to lose Like I think I think the Michigan State game and what happened being up what were we up? Sixteen points and came back like a lot of that's on the play calling that Gaddis put in there. So I, and so, so if that's the same situation that we get into on Saturday, it's, it's going to end the same way the Michigan State game did. I and mean, all we, of it may be a to, moot point anyway it, because we probably won't have a lead late in the fourth quarter. We might get yeah. the doors blown off right. us from the rip. We might be down 21 points after the first quarter and be like, okay, this is, I see how this is going to go. I mean, that, that's a complete possibility. But we're talking about... How we can win the game, right? I do think for, you know, at least one time we can remember, and there's probably been a couple of times, it's the most important college football game of the season so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously you have the Big Ten championship berth on the line, and then most people just assume the winner of this game uh, is going to be whoever comes out of the West. And we just had a weird year where, you haven't had so many games like that. Like Georgia didn't play Bama in the regular season. You know that's going to wait until the the SEC title game. But you no, know, so far this will be the most important college football game um, all year, which is cool. That adds to the hype. Ryan, for... you've watched every snap of Michigan football this year, right? Uh, pretty close. I fell asleep last game, but yeah, pretty close. The last game was pretty boring. Can't, I can't blame him as a not Michigan fan. No, that that's was... fine. So, so since you've watched the majority of the Michigan games, and I want your specific answer on this, if Michigan's going to win the game, this player was the X factor. Uh, I mean, I think the the easy answer for that is, you know, either Hutchinson or Ojabo. Take your pick, and that's how I think. It happens if Michigan ends up winning is they get a ton of pressure on Shroud, but Ohio State's offensive line, um, especially at tackle, is really good. So it can, you know, do its best to neutralize Michigan's bookend defensive ends with, you know, their their bookend tackles. But I think if they get as much pressure um, on, on Stroud as they got on, like, you know, obviously Talia, uh, but even like Sean Clifford in the Penn State game, um, I think if if they can wreak havoc, then Michigan will have its best shot to win. But oh, so far, like I, I just don't see it happening. Um, maybe it's just PTSD from last week. But Ohio State's really really good, and obviously the the story was how many time you know how many yards they passed on us, six touchdowns, all that, and they still ran for two hundred yards on us as well. Oh with goodness. I think the other the other three touchdowns or something coming, however many touchdowns that they ended up scoring, uh, maybe only two, but they still ran for 200 yards on us. The running back's very good. Again, the offensive line, really good. So it's 
it's difficult to see a path, at least for me, to see how Michigan wins because even when Michigan State was up sixteen, or when Michigan was up sixteen on Michigan State, it was it was still a game. Like there was there was still fighting back and forth. You know, Michigan State was up fourteen thirteen, and then Michigan scored seventeen right. points in a row. And I know the transit property doesn't really work in that way, but Ohio State got up forty nine to zero, and they probably could have made it <laughs> seventy to zero if they wanted to against Michigan State. And I just think there's such a difference between these two teams. And Michigan's had a great season. It'll still be a great season, I guess, unless they get blown out here and, like, in the bowl game or something, and it'll be a little bit more sour. But I don't really see a scenario where they actually, in reality, go and beat Ohio State. You know, you can see, like, why you can map out a scenario in your head, oh, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, right, then – then you could start to you know conjure up a Wolverine victory, sure. like Paul said. They need a they need a touchdown from not the offense, whether it's a block punt, a return, you know, a, a pick six or a fumble or something like that, to really get fortunes to switch in their favor. But just like a straight up, relatively clean game, I don't see Michigan staying you know really close. Honestly, I know their pass defense isn't as uh, isn't as bad as you, isn't as bad as ours. But that doesn't mean that they're going to go no fly zone on the Ohio State uh, offense. And again, Ohio State's run defense or run running game is still really good. And I think Michigan's run defense can be sus- suspect at times. And with Ohio State, all you need is that at times to break a forty-five yard run to you know break a sixty-yard right. touchdown, okay. something like that. And I think they're just more. I think they're more equipped to do that than Michigan is to stop that. Matt, who's your X factor if Michigan's going to win? Yeah, that was a long answer for that question. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's great. No, you give good reason for a long answer, and, and forgive me if mine's a little winded also, because it's there's so many ways you can go. And I, I agree for the most part with Ryan that if it's a clean football game, it's going to be really hard for Michigan to come out on top in a clean football game. You're going to have to avoid third and longs. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to continue to move the chains forward on first and second down to get into third and four situations. You know, and so if that's the case, then I think the X factor is Cade, and Cade has to convert those third downs through the air. But if it's not a clean game, that's where I'm looking at guys like Daxon Hill. That's where I'm looking at guys like Hutchinson, where if they can disrupt what Ohio State wants to do and take away the ball a couple times, give Michigan short field positions, or at least starting around the 50 to avoid letting Ohio State do what it did to us. I mean, Ohio State, they unlocked the key last week. We're all, oh, Michigan State's red zone defense. Well, what, what Ohio State do? They scored from the 23. That's not the red zone. <laughs> That's enough space to do what you need to do and get those points on the board. That's pretty close <laughs> right, to the red but zone. Right, but it's not buddy. the red zone. And they were able to take advantage of that multiple times. Again, our secondary, our pass defense, literally, I'm not saying this just because, they are literally the worst in all of college football. So it was going to be an easy thing to see coming, and we saw other teams try it a little bit. But, you know, like I said the week before with Maryland, they shot themselves in the foot every time they got into the scoring area against Michigan State. Otherwise, that game's a heck of a lot closer. Yes, you have a better defense than Michigan State. You have a much better pass defense than Michigan State. So Daxton Hill is going to have to step up and make some big plays. Hutchinson, we know what he brings to the table. He's going to have to be that guy against Ohio State's offensive line our defensive line is one of our strongest points i don't remember them doing dick 
against Ohio State's <laughs> offensive line. See, and that's – Ohio State's offensive line is awesome, but that's one thing that has, I think, proven to be fool's gold as the season's worn on. Early in the season, we, all, we always knew defense was going to be a struggle for Michigan State this year. Early in the season, it looked like Michigan State had one strength, and that was the defensive line. I believe as this season is worn on, especially in the second half, we have shown that it it's just not against decent teams. I mean, Michigan State's defensive line didn't shut down Michigan. Like, you guys didn't get a ton of pressure on Cade. Uh, we were able to sit back, kind of move our offense, do kind of what we wanted to do for the most part. Um, and, and really against, I, I can't think of a, a decent O-line that your defensive line has showed up against. And that's well. We've we've had the luxury of not playing too many of them this year. That's true, and they're kind of rare. The the two the two best ones that we played, you know, are you guys in Ohio State? I think, and you know, one game, you know, we got absolutely obliterated. The other game, you know, we pulled out some magic in the fourth quarter, and you know, we pulled we proved us. Well, the defense and that did help. You know, the defensive line did do a little bit more in that fourth quarter than they did in the first three quarters against that Michigan O line. They were better for sure. It, luckily for you, this weekend, you play a horrible offensive right. line. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we can take advantage Penn, of that and Penn walk State's out with offensive. a win. I, it is, it's, it's, I, I think it's true without a doubt. Like I don't even think it's debatable, but I'm sure some people would. If you swapped Michigan and Penn State's O-line, like Michigan had Penn State's O-line, Penn State had Michigan's O-line, Penn State wins the big time and goes to the playoff. Michigan struggles to get six, seven wins. I believe that. Like I, it's that's how one Michigan's O line's been very solid, um, but Penn State's has been horrible, and it's taken what is one of the elite defenses in the country and put them in just constantly horrible position because how can you have a consistent offense when your offensive line just doesn't allow you to do half the things you want to do. And God forbid if they didn't have a mobile quarterback. And that, I mean, but why hasn't Clifford made it through the season healthy? Oh, I don't know, because he takes a thousand hits a game. I mean, I... Uh, Paul, who's your X Factor? Do you remember how many times Michigan... Uh, is it players only? No. I guess not. Well, Josh Gaddis. It's easily Josh Gaddis. No, it's not even... I mean, it's not even close. I mean, I've said this a thousand times this year. How many games have I said are in Josh Caddis's hands? Every hard one. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan State. Like, it's all on Josh Caddis. And part of it is the talent thing, right? So, one, Josh Caddis is the weakest coach on our coaching staff. Like, that's just, that's where we're at. We have quite a decent coaching staff. Josh Caddis, eh, not so much. On top of that, Mike McDonald can only do so much. Like, we have talent deficiencies on defense. We have fish that Ryan Day is going to pick out and going to abuse. It's going to happen. So no matter how great of a game Mike McDonald calls, we cannot have our way with Ohio State's offense. We can't do it. It's different on the other side of the ball because we have the offensive talent to easily match up with Ohio State's defense if we have the game plan and play calling to execute it. We can have our way with Ohio State's defense if Josh Gaddis calls the game that you want him to call as a fan. And listen, the players got to execute. Like I'm not absolving the players. Not every bad offensive possession is because of Josh Gaddis. So I've seen Josh Gaddis call three decent passing plays in a row and us go three and out. It's happened. It's rare, super rare, but it's happened. Players still got to execute. But 
the X factor in this game to me is it's it's Josh Gaddis above all. He has the most at his disposal, and he does the least with it. And him getting everything out of them is how what we're going to have to do to win the game because we're not going to stop Ohio State from scoring no matter how good McDonald does. So that's the X factor to me. Um, if you want to go player wise, uh, whoever forces the big turnover on defense, and then um, Cade. Obviously, it's Cade. I mean, Cade has, Cade cannot be missing passes. Cade cannot throw five passes into the backs of offensive lineman helmets like it, it can't happen um we have to play a very clean game we, we cannot make mistakes good answers i mean it's it, what about you for me it, it's all on cade um and and i think the reason why i say that um you know shay if i remember correctly shay played pretty well against ohio state did he not nope no, I mean the score line. If you just looked at raw stats, you'd be like, right. "Oh, he played." That's what, okay. okay. That's what I was thinking um, of. E- even e- even with all the injuries in 2018, we could have kind of kept pace if Shea didn't miss yeah. so many, yeah. so yeah. many passes, especially down right. the field. Um, I mean, it's the same thing against Alabama but, in 2019. We we could have beat Alabama with a good. So like, for me, so I, when I look at and I think about X factors, okay, I'm sitting here thinking about the poise and. Uh, the ability to make it through progressions to do what he needs to do to be the quarterback leader like that it. we need that we we haven't had for a long time um and so i think you know just the way that he played against michigan state like i really i know that he got a lot of heat like prior to that game about us not like throwing the ball or whatever we didn't do you know, um, but he just played well like that game, right? He he was calm. He 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 hit uh, the passes that he needed to hit. Like, and and if we're going to have any type of chance, it is all entirely on Cade's shoulders. And I think that he's what up game, to the what challenge. Game you just mentioned? Like, I don't think Cade's going to lose what this game, game for us. I'm sorry. What game I mean, were you talking about? The Heat. He took a little heat for, but he played well. The Michigan State game, prior to the Michigan State game, it was oh we have yeah we had talked about how you guys didn't throw the ball much so right numbers like yeah, yeah he only threw one interception yeah we only threw like fifteen times a game so right. it wasn't Listen, I told you guys I told you guys what it was going to be I told you guys Kate was going to light it up it's yeah we and then, we forced him to beat us and he couldn't so I don't see what the problem is but but so that's that, why oh, that's God, why I that's think that this game is entirely on him. And I and like I was saying, I don't think that he will lose the game for us. I think that he will play well and show out, kind of like he did against Michigan State. Uh, but I like at the end of the day, it, again, it's going to have to be a perfect game for Michigan to win. So, and this is where, and I, I harp on this all the time, and I'm not going to stop until we have a different offensive coordinator. Um, it's I, I keep talking about how we have to make things easier on offense, and we have to call plays in advantageous Mm -hmm. situations. I think it's a lot to put on Cade because it depends on what you're asking him to do. If you're letting him run play action on first and 10 like 20 times, that's going to set Cade up for success, okay? If you are running the ball first and second down or on first down you run a swing pass out to a receiver who gets blown up and then you run into a halfback dive into the line and now we're looking at third and eight against an Ohio State defense that has, listen, they've struggled much better lately. I mean, they didn't struggle against MSU. Everyone talks about good MSU's offense, but they didn't struggle at all against MSU. They 
essentially shut them all out for all intents and purposes. Um, but you're going to ask Cade to drop back and throw into the teeth of Ohio State's defense when they have freaky pass, freaky athletes that they're going to get after the passer. You have to pass. You don't have a choice. They're going to get after the passer, and they're going to drop seven, eight into co- or seven into coverage. Seven into coverage, four passers are going to get after the passer. That sets Kate up for failure, and that's where, if that's what you're doing, and that's what Josh Gaddis has done a lot. That's what has caused so many of our um, our inconsistencies, and, and especially you look at the games where Cade's thrown the least. If you track those throws, like the down and distance of those throws, that's the variety of them. In games where Cade only threw the ball 18 times, half of them are third and long. How much success are you going to have if you're always throwing on third and long as a quarterback? When you're not running play action on first and 10 and breaking tendencies, how much success? it's so much harder. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible to have success. I'm just saying it's so much harder. And that's what frustrates me about Josh Gaddis so much. And it's where the ball's kind of in Cade's hands, but you have to put him in the best possible position so that the game is easier for him. Because why are we ever trying to make things more difficult on us? And I'm not saying you can't ever run a swing pass, okay? I'm not saying you can't ever run halfback dive in the middle of the line. It's just the frequency at which we do certain things is what concerns me. But I believe in this team's preparation. We've seen that all season. This team has been prepared, and they've been prepared to attack the weakness of opponents. It's just, it's the drive-to-drive play calling where Josh Gaddis struggles. But what I am hopeful for this game and that can take some of the pressure off of Gaddis, because listen, Gaddis is what he is. I mean, this is year three, at least, of Josh Gaddis. I'm pretty sure it's year three. It's at least year three. Um, he is, he's not going to become Sean McVay. It's not happening. He doesn't have it in him. He, he could be on the job another 20 years. It's not happening. But we can take some of the pressure off him with tendency breakers. We have done so many different things this season on offense. We've had games where we've ran the ball 50 times. We've had games where we've thrown the ball 40 plus times. We have. Like, we really have. Um, We came out against Wisconsin through almost every down. We ended up scoring 38 on the second best defense in the country. And they really are. Their defense is elite. Um, We have put everything on tape tendency breakers if we come in and we run play action constantly and we run on first down less and we throw down the middle of the field at a much higher frequency those are tendency breakers and those are ways that you put Cade and the offense in much better position to succeed and when you start doing that now Ohio State's defense and their defensive coordinator they're on their heels because one it's going to work all right, you're going to be moving the ball on them. You're going to be scoring. But on top of that, all the stuff they've watched you do all season is kind of thrown out the window. So now they're guessing. And when you just have to start guessing, you are at a huge disadvantage as a defense. And at that point, Gaddis doesn't have to be Sean McVay. Gaddis can just follow the script and kind of call what he wants. That's what I'm hopeful for. Like if I'm every, – every way I look at this game, if we win this game, it is – the biggest upset one of my teams has had in my lifetime. But it's possible, and I'm looking at how can this happen. It's not expected. It shouldn't be. We, we talked about, before the podcast, I, th- I think I mentioned it, maybe I didn't, I don't even remember. The gap, Michigan, you look at almost any analytic you want, um, pick your flavor. Michigan is ranked about fourth or fifth in the country. 
Ohio State's ranked number two. And at the surface, you look at that and you're like, okay, it's a close game. Like these, these teams are really comparable. Like it should be a really good game. The gap between number two, Ohio State, and number four or five, Michigan, is the same as the gap between four or five, Michigan, and like the 20th best team in America. These teams are not created equally. When we have home field, we have all the motivation in the world. We have everything to play for. There has, it's been so few times have we met with stakes this big this century. So few times. The stakes are ginormous. Wait, this this century? And this century. This is probably what, the fifth? And, ooh, I don't even think the fifth. I'd say the third or fourth. I mean, 2016, 2006. Yeah, what um, about... 2002, 2003. Well, I guess 18 may have been. 18 may have been. There may be be a few more. But the common thread in almost all of those games is they were in Columbus. Like all. 2006 was in Columbus. 2016 was in Columbus. 2018 was in Columbus. No. I'll play them on the road. Yeah, you guys have the home game for the odd years. They have the home game for the even years. So we finally have a home game. Where it matters. With this much at stake. Now, that doesn't give us equal talent. That doesn't stop the best offense in the country. Like a historically very good offense. It doesn't. But it's something, right? And we're all looking at the little somethings. Because on paper, you can easily see this Ohio State team Blitzing Michigan, winning by 21 points. I mean, look what they just okay, did Okay, let me Michigan ask this State. question. A team that Michigan... Let me lost. ask this question. Yes. Stroud gets hurt, which I'd never wish an injury on somebody. Ooh, no, that would be very on. good for us, I'm not, That's not what I'm celebrating. I'm, I'm a hypothetical situation. In years past, their backup has been equally or better than the starter. I'm thinking JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins. Super not the case. Super not the case here. Thank God. No, um, it's not. Um, they have very talented. They have the number one overall recruit um, is buried on the depth chart. He's like, I want to say fourth string. Um, Kyle McCord is going to be a very good quarterback. Um, he is the backup, back, the, the real backup. Um, they, no, they have talent, but it is untested, and it is nowhere near as good as Stroud. Stroud is, Stroud is awesome. I mean, Stroud's gonna probably win the Heisman. I wish, I wish I had bet Stroud before the Michigan State game, because uh, halfway through the Michigan State game, I was like, I need to get this bet in, and uh, the odds had moved a lot. Believe it or not, uh, halfway through the Michigan Michigan or Michigan State Ohio State game, um, he he is phenomenal. He's, but to me, he's better than Fields was. Um, everyone drools over fields, um, and he did a lot of as a runner. But as, as far as a surveying the field, delivering the ball, throwing a nice ball, listen, it's he has a, a dream. He has a great play caller. He has amazing offensive talent. Like he's not playing with scrubs. He's not doing it himself. He has a relatively easy job, but he's still playing quarterback at the college level. It's not that easy, and he makes it look so easy because he is very, 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 very good. If he were to get hurt, that does not give Michigan a win. They have so much talent, they will be able to run the ball. Um, and then if, if the run game gets going, then we're going to have problems no matter who's throwing the ball. But unlike some years past, 
if he got hurt, it would give us a much better chance. It would not be like hurting JT Barrett and then Dwayne Haskins comes in and all of a sudden their offense picks up. Um, which I think that was, what, 2007? Yeah, it was at Michigan. I um, know that because it was the most frustrating it, thing in the it world. Would, it would not. It's horrible. It's horrifying. Um, but, I mean, we prepared all year and week for JT Barrett, and then all of a sudden they have someone that can actually complete a lot of passes and doesn't run around. Um, and it's, it's hard. How do you adjust to that? Uh, whereas, no, it, it, it's not. They've been so deep at quarterback for so long. And not just deep, but deep with like kind of seasoned talent. Talent is ready to go. It's not the it's not the case now. Um, now, you say you never wish injury on anyone. Um, I mostly agree with that, but I would have no qualms if he tripped getting off the bus and concussed himself. Um, I would be super duper oh okay God. with that. I mean, it doesn't have to, it does have to be serious. Just a little concussion. Hell, hopefully, hopefully it's so unserious they think he's good for the game, but because he's concussed, he's literally dazed and confused. Because um, that's even better. Because now we have now he's playing, but he just looks bad. Um, no, I I, <laughs> I I have no no qualms hoping something like that befalls him. Nothing serious. Nothing's gonna hurt his long term future. Uh, Michigan needs breaks for once. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. Can we catch the breaks for once? Like I, no, they're always. I think we I caught mean, all of our breaks in the early 1900s against the school for the blind. 2016, <laughs> we, we have a vastly better team than them. Use them all up. Two, 2016, we have a much better team than them. We march in there with an injured quarterback who, who his shoulders falling off. They get every single call, it, just horrifying. Who was no, our quarterback that year? Uh, we don't get breaks. Um. Spate, Spate separated his shoulder in the Iowa game. Why? Contributed to losing the Iowa game, obviously, um, and then he was not healthy until. The you guys game. won't won't get breaks again, according to the football gods, until Ohio State successfully evens up this rivalry, which will happen in the next eight years or so. Assuming you guys win one here, I am here so I am because you don't all the bullshit that like you guys just dominated them in the early 1900s and all that crap and had like a 34 to 10 to one record against them or some shit. I'm sorry. What what was the John Cooper era record? Oh, John Cooper was terrible. Yeah, that that's what I was referencing. Well, he wasn't the, terrible. Almost, almost as bad as Harbaugh, right? He was actually he was actually a good head coach who had really really yeah. good. Yeah, just team. couldn't beat Michigan. He wasn't terrible couldn't at all. Couldn't beat Michigan. Okay, so don't tell me that we ran up the score on them in the early 1900s as if we have never beat them since it's mattered. But I didn't. I did not say that. So that was my. Those were my Buckeye years. No, what I was saying was because Michigan leads the overall record 58, 51, and 6, and the majority of their wins were from 19 blah, blah, to 1960, you guys got all those breaks. You're going to get them again in about seven years when Ohio State officially ties this series up at 58, 58, and 6. Then you get the breaks again. I don't. I don't want. That. If they if they if they win I, seven more years in a row, the day the day Ohio State takes the lead in this rivalry will be one of the saddest days of my life. And I listen. I don't. I am not deluded to think that that day is not coming in the next fifteen years of my life. Like <laughs> it is. I I know it is. 
And that might even be being generous. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you because, see me in the next yeah, nine? I think you're a little deluded there if you think it's going to take 15 years for it to happen. <laughs> say 10. Give me something. Look, Give but I mean, at a certain right? point, like, hoping... Michigan has to win again, right? Absolutely. Well, but yes, get back but... into a long winning streak and extend their lead over no, Ohio State? No. Look, unless Michigan changes their culture and is like, yeah, we're just going to let everyone play here. Who cares if you go to school or not? I don't see how it happens. Look, I'm thinking like like one well, out of every it, it five. it happens with a bad like coaching. one out of right. every five? <laughs> like, uh, you would take that right now. Problem, you're not kidding me. Ohio, Ohio State is so big at this point, it is hard for them to make a bad coaching hire. Like it's you. You look at so they. Those take a hell of a scandal. Came, a hell of a lot more than tattoos. Tre- <laughs> Trestle came and built built the cheating culture that built current Ohio State. Okay, Trestle came, changed everything. And they started winning a lot. Then they had Urban fall into their lap. I mean, literally fell with heart palpitations into their lap. That was such a scam. Urban did what he did. Extended their program, extended their nefarious ways, and then lo and behold, Urban's having trouble. But they have a ready-made, perfect coach in waiting in Ryan Day, one of the most brilliant offensive minds in college. Like they can't miss. It's like, and if so, and if they who's so, got say it Ryan better Day than us? To the NFL. Everyone say Ryan Day gets poached to the NFL, which he should be. Like I don't know how Ryan Day is not an NFL coach yet. I don't honestly got especially with the wave of the NFL it is offensive minded as it's been. You see the success of what um uh Kyle Shannon. No, not Kyle Shannon. Ryan Day's uh, the Arizona. king of the shittiest state in the Cliff, Midwest. Cliff, Why would he want to leave? Kiff Klingsbury. Um you see his success in the NFL, right? You would think that Ryan Day is going to get poached buy an NFL team for like a gazillion dollar contract, I would hope, and, and take the fact that he has to work less hours and not have to recruit snot-nosed kids anymore. But when that happens, they're just picking from the next great coach. They're poaching a Lincoln Riley if they want to because that's their brand. They can go out and do that. Or they're poaching a good coach from yeah, the NFL. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that that's, that's that is going to work out for them, point. though. It doesn't. It doesn't, but it has so far. Sure, it has so far, like, but those guys have many, all been how like, many programs? like Day was, like Day is essentially Urban Meyer two point because he was in his system. Well, He's I understand than Urban that, Meyer. but like he how, just continued how, what Urban was doing, right? It. How many schools have ever had three back to back Hall of Fame caliber coaches? <clears throat> I mean, it's not it, many. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's not like, many. It's so. That, you don't you don't have look at Alabama in their gap, right? Like Alabama didn't go from Bear Bryant to Nick Saban. No. There were there was rocks in between there. Like it was it wasn't great. Okay. OSU has not missed. And that's where in OSU not missing coincided with Michigan missing horribly twice in a row, back to back. I it's been Everything that has could have gone wrong for Michigan went wrong, and then when you finally did get your coaching hire right, because Jim fell back into your lap, you had all the misfortune of 2016 that would have changed everything, and then Ohio State just doesn't miss. So I, you're waiting for them to make a bad hire, but do you really believe that's going to happen at this point? It's it's luck. I mean, so I honestly got like if Ryan Day were to get poached after the season to an NFL team, say say Chicago hires him. Um, which I hope not, because I I would actually like the Lions to hire him. But say Chicago poaches Ryan Day. 
all right, so now Luke Fickle's coming home. Wait, if you expect the Lions to hire him, you better think... wait about 20 years till our man Dan Campbell's done. Then you can go get Ryan Day. Dan Campbell's a trash can. You want to talk about Dan Campbell, talk about Dan Campbell and Thanksgiving in a minute. We're still in Ohio State, Michigan, where I can have some joy in my life. Actually, it's not very joyful either. Jesus Christ, I, I hate being a fan. Um, Dan Campbell is, what, a, is just Fick- fine. Missed that whole no, discussion last week no. about you calling him a quitter, but... Oh, it's worse now. It's even worse. I didn't I'm even watch the game upset. on Sunday, I'm, so I have no I'm idea so what happened on Sunday. I am. You gonna I watch am, the game so on I Thursday though, because you got no other options. You're right. What <laughs> happened? What happened on Sunday? Uh, well, everyone's gonna watch. We lost to the Browns. We'll talk well, about barely. We'll We lost to Baker Mayfield. Doesn't even have an arm and knee attached to his body. Never right did. Um, never did. Uh, but no, I. So if Ryan Day were to get post tomorrow, okay, so they got Luke Fickle coming home, having gone away. Ah, uh, USC about to season, snag that man. No, well, they still um, can. Matt, it's not happening. Not, not, not over no, Ohio he's State. He's not going to USC. Listen, if he's staying at Cincinnati, and he's either he would move to OSU or Notre Dame. Those are the only two coaching jobs he wants outside of Cincinnati. Oh, he's got to fight I, I Matt think, Campbell for those jobs, though. I, I think. Oh, what you need to say? stop. Matt Campbell is going to be fighting for his own job. Can I, and apparently it came out that Matt Campbell was waiting for either the Michigan, Ohio State, or Notre Dame job. Or Notre Dame Okay, job. but listen, so I know, man. Oh I know personally that those are the two jobs that he's interested in. I, and I, well, that's, have fun that's at Notre Dame. Because... And I don't disagree. <laughs> I do believe if USC offered and he didn't think he had a, a shot soon – at Notre Dame or Ohio State, he would take the USC job because USC job is is great. It's honestly it's better, but he obviously is deep. He's into a his Midwest, Midwest guy. He's he, not his love going for Ohio to Ohio State. His love for Ohio State. He's Trump's not going. Solid, but he's not going to LA. If if Ryan Day and, and Von Miller's a country boy, you see how happy that man is to be a Ram. He loves LA. <laughs> Shit, not now. If Ryan Day came out and said he has no plans on coaching in the NFL and signed a 10-year deal at Ohio State, and Notre Dame might make the playoff this year. Brian Kelly gets another extension. Like, he's not going anywhere. And you're sitting there. How long are you going to coach at Cincinnati and not get invited to the big boys dance or get invited and get smoked and realize you don't have a chance there? You're not. So then if USC comes calling, he's taking the job. I I would be shocked if he didn't because he's not going to stay at Cincy forever. He's too – good and too big for that job now i expect ryan day to go to the nfl and i expect luke fickle to take that job but if ryan day says i'm not interested in the nfl i love college this is where my this is where i want to stay and signs a huge deal luke fickle can't wait around forever for one of two jobs he can't and then at that point i think luke fickle would be very successful in his second second stint he got screwed the first stint. Um, he did have a very short that was he, he, he was the black well, sheep I mean, of that situation he wasn't ready it, don't lose that game in michigan he was he got he got put in a really bad spot and he was well, not ready. yeah i mean he, it, it, it was a perfect storm but i mean urban did come in and win 12 games the following year with pretty much the same roster so it's Seven and six, I think they went that season with a loss to Michigan. Um, it, it wasn't great, but it, it was rough. It was a bad spot. But he's not that coach anymore. Um, he is much more ready, and that program is way elevated. I mean, we're talking about the one gap here between Trestle and Urban, right? Was was Luke. That program is so far elevated from that point now. Urban took it to the next level, and Ryan Day has continued the ascension. 
for Luke Fickle to come in there and take it over, it, there's not going to be this drop-off. It's just not. Honest to God, it could get better because Luke Fickle is a brilliant defensive mind. If there's one area that Ryan Day has struggled to completely shore up, it's the defense. So I, I just don't – you're hoping they have a misstep and, and one day hire a bad coach. I, I don't know – I don't know if it happens without a scandal. Like for a long time, where you bring that that clean guy I mean, in, you know that that Larry Coker at Miami, <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's the, just I don't think Ohio State even cares. Like I don't, I don't think like so. Say Ryan Day left, they hire Luke Fickle, but then Luke Fickle gets caught with some coeds, and it's like he has to resign in shame. I, I don't think that would make them hesitate to go back to the well of whoever's going to get the job done. Like, I don't think they're just going to bring in Brady Hope Jr. because they want to project a clean image. I don't think they care. Which is hmm. why Brady Hope was hired at Michigan in the first place. After no, Rich he was a, Rod. He was, he was a Michigan so? man. After Rich Rod. Yeah. He, he is the only the one that beat was... Ohio State. You better show him some respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. It's true. He didn't even beat Ohio State with his own team. He still beat him. He was still the head. You looking up? Who was the head coach last the, time Michigan State? Uh, Michigan beat Ohio State. It is Brady. Listen, I, and listen, he's the only have, one who I gave you an eleven-one season. Have, Hold on. So Brady Oak is way too much disrespect. A lot of love. Yeah, that needs to be a statue a outside of, of the big house. Brady Hoke. Hoke. Goddamn right. I have a lot of love for Brady Hoke. Best he coach in the Michigan. <laughs> terrible. He's been doing pretty well um, in San Diego. The job was much too big for him. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to see what he's doing in, in San Diego, going for an 11-win season, um, which is a little bit, little bit of fool's gold. Um, they're metrically not as good as the record, but it's cool. It's great to see. I'm happy. Um, I want to see him have success. It's super cool. But he, he's not, not cut out for the big boy job. And he's, he's good. He's going to stay at San Diego State until he retires probably, which is where he should stay. He's going to be all right. Uh, speaking of retiring, uh, did we get the Dan Campbell retirement press conference yet? No, that's another 20 years away. Where you did been? Did that come through? After he rebuilds, after he builds this program into something respectable. This team is supposed to lose. He's doing the right thing. And Houston won this week as well. So now they have two wins. We are getting that first pick. Come on down, Kayvon Thibodeau. Come be a part of the build to turn the Detroit Lions into a respectable football team. I'm telling you, Dan Campbell's outsmarting everybody right I think now. They should, just fools. I think they should draft an offensive <laughs> lineman number Listen, one overall. He he's not he's not even outsmarting himself. So I have you ever heard me talk about and I'm not talking about in Philadelphia. Have you ever talked heard me talk about the process on this podcast? It's all at this the point process. in time and the amount of speaking you do, I'm pretty sure I've heard you talk about yeah. everything. I talk a lot about the process and how process to me in almost everything is more important than results. Results matter. Of course they do because that's, that's why you do the process so that you can try to get the desired result. But if you do the process correctly, more times than not, it will bear fruit. And if you do things poorly, just because things turn out good sometimes does not mean that you're doing a good job. I'm all about the process. It's very important to me. This year, I did not care if the Lions won a game. I wanted them to win a game. I did not want to be the first team to go 0-16 and 0-17. But I was not evaluating this coaching staff or these players for the most part based on their win total this season. I was not super concerned about it. What I wanted to see is the process. Can you 
lead a team? Do you make decisions that make sense? Can I trust you people when there's actually enough talent on this team to want to win relevant games? Can I trust you to get the job done and get us over the hump? Now, we have a lot of firsts. First-time head coaches, first-time coordinators on, on the defensive side, first-time coordinator. On the offensive side, we actually had a very seasoned coordinator, um, and Anthony Lynn was a coordinator, then was a head coach, is now an offensive coordinator again. Uh, honestly, the most pretty much seasoned coach on our coaching staff. Um, who is learning on the job, though, is Dan Campbell, and that's fine. Uh, he can grow with the team. I, I want Is he going to be a Mike Vrabel, right? Is he going to be the guy that comes in and what didn't have coordinator experience, but spent a lot of time with high-level teams and high-level coaches and learned how to run and manage a football team, how to run and manage a football game and make good decisions? And can he grow with this team in, in the future? Do yes. I think he can be the guy? And I wanted Dan Campbell to be the guy so bad. And he can Because be. I like Dan Campbell a lot. He's so likable. He's so likable. Is there how many coaches are more likable? You can't than judge him game? off of like, this. Like it's a really year. short list. That's going to be my contention this entire time. Oh, hold on. I can't no, judge you can anything judge. this year. He is a free. No matter what decisions no, he makes, can I can't judge. No, you judge. But year. like, you also have to give him the opportunity to grow. Like if so, so so, so, I, so let's go back fine. to our conversation because I didn't get to have this with you last week, and I'm not gonna. We're not gonna spend a lot of time. But, like, you basically putting the nail in his coffin because he didn't go for it on fourth down from his own 30-yard line in an overtime game is the most ridiculous, like, condemnation of somebody I think I've ever heard. So, like, to make that judgment about his, you know, decision-making or whatever, like, you got to give the guy a, a moment to, like, do the right thing. Do I? Yeah. In this year, when they're barely going to win one game, if they even win one game? Yeah. So, in an... Do you want the first pick or not? What is... Because all this talking I'm hearing is you not wanting the first pick if you want us it, to get this win. We're going to lose that coin one, flip. One win does not stop us from getting the first pick. We didn't know that at the time. Houston yes, only did. had one win. No, we didn't. Houston had one win, and you are betting on us winning a coin flip. You don't know for sure that we are winning that coin flip. I, I am. You know what I'm does actually... win for sure? Not winning. So, are you accusing Dan Campbell of tanking? Oh, you damn right I am. Okay, that's. A, I I'm, accu- to... I'm accusing Dan Campbell of having fun with his roster and doing whatever the hell he wants because he knows this team ain't okay, going to win dick this year. I don't year. know if you've watched Dan Campbell talk much this season. He's not having fun. Oh, not with you, the media. Whatever. No, no. He's not having fun in general. Okay. Like, he, he's not crying after football games because he was tanking and wanted to lose that football game. I promise oh, no. you. Uh, hey, I, that the he man's wants... acting prowess is fantastic. I applaud him. Oh, it. my God. All right. So, I'm not, not engaging Matt on this conversation. I'm going to continue talking to you, AJ. So, with no consequence. If you're going to continue talking about going for it on fourth down and 24 from your own 30-yard line, there's not going to be much of a conversation to have. Because that's a fireable offense. A fireable offense? Why? Like, because he's going to lose the football game if we don't get it? Yeah, see, AJ, that's where Paul's he, coming one, from. He's, he's, in Paul's mind, there's it's a no-lose situation. If you get it, great. You can continue the drive. If you don't don't get it, well, you're not supposed to. You're not expected to win this Nothing game anyway. Nothing bad can happen. Nothing bad. The worst no, outcome no. is you lose a game you were always going to lose. The best outcome is you pull off a miracle win. 
So you're what, missing what is the that? actual best you, outcome. You, we will be the first you, 016 and one team in NFL history, which is horrifying. Horrifying. Because they're probably going to 18 games in like two. Th- there years. is no. So there's a really good chance we'll be the only one it's that goes like 016 and one. It's not like I'm sitting here saying the Cardinals need to do this to try to get the number one seed when when that half game could make a massive difference in the playoffs. That, that's not what we're talking no, about here. Just, we're talking about an 0 no. 8 team whose season has been over for half the season so far. There is no downside. Listen. If you miss, you lose the game. Actually, and you might not, because Pittsburgh sucks so bad, they're probably going to fumble the ball or miss the goddamn field goal and give you another chance anyway. Because did you watch that game? I, well, that's yeah, well, that's yeah, why yeah. they punted. Because they thought they were going to get the ball back. It's, it's absurd. Yeah, you at least trying to make Pittsburgh turn with, it over in their own with, territory with, with instead, one of your, second. instead of yours. Well, listen, AJ, I'm going to do you one better. Because we will never, for whatever reason, I, I don't know if it's just your principles or your oldness i don't know what it is but you you can't you refuse you just can't see the position like it's just not there for you and sometimes no i i I understand what you're saying but i also know that what you're saying is just downright so you don't because if you understood then you wouldn't say that you don't i get what you're saying that you (laughs) You have nothing to lose but that's like as a as a head coach you never make a decision that's going to directly lead to a loss. Every Ever. almost every decision you make as a head coach can directly lead to a loss. Like I that's nonsense but, to say. But something as egregious as going for it from on your own 30-yard line on 4th and 24 with that much time left in the come game. Come on, man. The game you're trying to win. Yeah, like come on, man. So like, so uh, it's it's a nonsense thing to say especially so especially like hold on hold on especially when you have a quarterback with two small of hands and a noodle <laughs> arm in the rain that hasn't even thrown for a hundred yards yet he's probably not even gonna be able to get the ball to a receiver to get a pass interference call so like let's like temper the expectations it's here. not about the odds of getting the first down if you have a one percent chance of getting that first, Jared Goff was having a good go day. For it. it doesn't matter if you get it or not. There is no consequence. I mean, by your logic, we shouldn't have tried to kick the forty-eight yard field goal to win the game, because God forbid. Did we, you see that? God kick? forbid we missed the field goal, and now Pittsburgh's in prime position to win the game, which they I mean, should have. But apparently, they didn't want to win either. I'd have ran a fake personally. No. <laughs> I mean that that look look. What was that? Fourth and three. I d- I don't remember. Was, was I think that was on a fourth and three. To be honest with you, I probably would have ran Swift. Swift. Because like your time to go for it on fourth down was then, not fourth and twenty four from your own thirty yard line. There was no time left in the game. You were never getting the ball back to do anything. You yeah, have to I, try to. I, win. You, you you did get the ball back. You have to try to win that football game. No, you don't. Not if you want the number one pick. And then he's you can not, package some of your other picks so that pick. you can get Kayvon Thibodeau in the first and then Carson Strong at the end of the first. Who's Carson Strong? Quarterback. Is he Nevada? No, yeah. I'm, I'm over Carson Strong. He sucks. Like I, I was hoping. There's so many quarterbacks that I've been like, if this guy can show me this Are shit. we off of uh, the kid from Liberty, too? Oh, like I never was. Boy? That was only well, Don. After, 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 after Louisiana Lafayette slapped that ass, AJ? That was o- only Don. I had only no Don idea. Only Don liked, liked Listen, I Listen, I I still don't even think. Is a quarterback crop this year even worth taking a quarterback? No, I don't uh, think so. Not, not eh, with your first pick, for sure. I, so, hold on. 
with as many, not with the first pick, absolutely not the first pick, but, like, there's so many other holes on this roster that we've talked about. Like, wouldn't next year be a better, like, isn't Stroud coming so here's out next the, year? So here's the issue. Like, so the problem is the first overall pick is worth so much draft capital. You have to kind of do something big with it, right? We, we, we never guaranteed to be in this position again. Like, you can't say, oh, we're going to tank the next three years because you don't know what's going to happen. If we sign a couple free agents, make another couple draft picks, our young team gets healthier and better. We actually have an offensive line play healthy for a season. Um, we, we might not be picking the top five next year. Like, you don't know. I know well, you're gonna we're going to lose a lot next year, too. <laughs> He's I can, top five? I can, I can confidently say that. We're going to lose a lot next year, too. <laughs> we are going to be in the top five next year unless Tom Brady decides after winning the Super Bowl this oh, year coming goodness. up. You know what? I really want to prove I'm the GOAT. I'm going to go to the worst franchise in all of sports. Hello, Detroit. You can you cannot guarantee that. Unless Dan Campbell's our coach. Then I guess you can guarantee it. You if need Dan to stop. Campbell's still our coach. Then, then we might to, have to You need to stop. You need to get off of whatever train you are on and get back onto the happy train yeah. with the new coaches that are going to lead us into this new land of I'm hope. Not happy and that includes anymore. Dan Campbell. That includes no AJ happy. Hinch. This include well, it doesn't include Dwayne Casey. Bye, Dylan. <laughs> <But we, laughs> yeah, been here a minute. You, you need to get on this board. Enjoy this ride because you're way too hyped about it right now for a man who is expected to lose. He's <laughs> doing a damn good not, job of losing. It's not and it's going to help losing. our franchise it's for about the, the process. future. And the thing is, so we, we've spent way too much time on something we've already litigated eight times and AJ can't understand. Uh, what he did this last week was worse. Unnecessary. Have we litigated it, though? Because I feel like you are the only one that disagrees, so I feel like Ooh. you're the one that AJ, ask him about LeBron's punch to, to Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, oh, we've his already <laughs> Ask he, about this man's sneak attack and beats we to no, with a hammer we talking fist. about it. He called, me, he called me a coward because I, <laughs> I had handed out discipline. On essentially the same thing. Oh no, that was it was a slightly day. different conversation. So I, I thought oh, it someone was... punched someone in the face and you disciplined no, no. him. Uh, no, no, I, no, 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 no. I thought the it was gall, a, AJ. I thought it was abhorrent that Beef Stew got suspended, and then AJ said, "Yeah, I just suspended a kid for not actually doing anything, but getting angry." And I was like, "All right, coward." No, I mean. Isaiah Stewart literally lost his mind three times. Right, he didn't no, do he anything. Ran around, that man ran around. He needed LCA. some kind of ramification. Ramifications for what? what? He... Getting bloodied? No, for the way he reacted. And when you are in a professional organization, he you are expected to somewhat act like a professional. Anything. Listen, no, if he had not gotten, if I get punched in the face yeah, on purpose. You're he right. Gotten, he didn't do anything. He, had, he was in complete control of himself. Yeah, right. Complete control of himself. You're right. He didn't do anything. You can run around screaming Actions at the top of his lungs telling Paul. everybody he's yeah, going to kill their mother. I don't care. In the face, he didn't do anything. Thank you. If he had jumped on LeBron raining down haymakers, I'd have been like, all right, give him a two-game suspension. Like, I understand. I get it. But he, he, that didn't happen. I'd have started a GoFundMe to pay his fine. I mean, honestly, I would have chipped in. You, listen, I... So, it's weird that I'm on completely both sides. Like, I'm... I'm nobody agrees with me on either side. So I look, I also don't think it was malicious of LeBron. Oh, okay. Boo. So AJ doesn't agree with you. What? So I don't think 
LeBron meant to uh, do Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Sports Carnage AJ, Podcast. that man <laughs> looked right at him Sports and made a fist for a reason. Look at, no, no. There's well, no need second, to make a, a fist second, to rip your second. arm back. There's no reason hold to on a second, hold on a second. rip your arm back unless you're so coming seen, for contact. Let me, let me be clear. Let me be clear, and maybe you can clear this up for I'll me, and maybe it'll change my opinion. So, I've seen one video. It was a. It looked like a free throw that Stewart was boxing out LeBron. LeBron's arm comes up, and that's what hit him. No. Correct. He hit him with his fist. No. What happened when their arms got locked up? LeBron went to pull his arm away aggressively, looked at Beef Stew first to get the measurements down right, made a fist <laughs> for maximum <laughs> impact, and then perfectly grazed his cheek enough for it to hurt. And to bleed, but not to break his orbital socket. I commend LeBron for that. He he aimed and set that all up beautifully. But so, that man looked Matt, and made Matt a fist for a reason. Matt is bought into LeBron being superhuman and the right greatest now. fighter on the planet. The man, hey, so, the man's been so practicing here, acting. You, you, you know, I mean, I didn't see Space Jam 2. But he came out with a movie, so he's practicing his acting really well. Here's here's the reality, though. Like, had Stewart gotten to LeBron... And they actually fought. I would have taken Stewart ten oh, times. Oh, damn right. Stewart would have murked him. I mean, honest to God, they and, would have been carrying and it's because, LeBron out on a stretch. And it's because LeBron is now pimping out that tonal, and I think he's soft. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're working out with digital weight, you're soft. Uh, all right, where were we? Who knows? Picks. Uh, yeah, uh, no, we were still bitching about Dan Campbell because AJ didn't even doesn't even know what Dan Campbell did this week. Matt, do you want to tell AJ what Dan Campbell did or did not do this week? You think He's I watched any of the Browns Lions game? You don't even know. Matt, Matt doesn't even get the Browns and Lions game. <laughs> that's fair. You would have to stream it, and that would that's. <laughs> Uh, down on the list. Uh, no, we, we, we once again uh, refused to do anything resembling trying to win a football game. Uh, one, it is inconsciousable to me. I, I talked earlier in the podcast. That's not a word. What? <laughs> That's not a word at all. Not close what? to a word. What? Inconsciousable <laughs> is not a word. Unconscionable. Unconscionable is a word. Inconsciousable is definitely not a word. <laughs> Definitely Close not enough a word. to a word. Incon- can I say inconceivable? <laughs> no, I don't know what that word means either. <laughs> <laughs> he just heard it before. <laughs> oh man! Um, listen, if I'm not mispronouncing words, I'm making them up. That's just that's how it goes. You know the drill. It is. You are the Michael Scott. Absolutely unbelievable. I talked about how Anthony Lynn is like the most experienced coach in his role. On our coaching staff, and not not only plenty of offensive coordinator experience, but also as a head coach, which is you'd think really good for a head coach a who got fired. Coach, to yeah, it's a head coach that got fired as most. Yeah, do. So Dan Campbell's like, uh, I ain't never been fired as a head I coach. Just, what am uh, I listening to you for? You you'd think that that would be a good shoulder to lean on a little bit for a rookie coach on a bad team trying to learn his way around, but no, Dan Campbell who never at any point has been considered a brilliant offensive mind, has never called plays anywhere for anybody, not a high school team, not a college team, not an NFL team, has never even been 
close to calling plays. Never. He's the head coach of the NFL team. Who's going to tell him no? Barely involved. I, that's the problem. Who is going to tell him no? I would hope our GM would actually step in at some point. This like, team ain't going nowhere. This doing? is the time to practice. Try. Why not? Have he some says, fun. you know what? I'm going to take the play call sheet from my offensive coordinator for no reason. I mean, so many times I wish the Lions would do this with offensive coordinators. This is not it. This man with no play calling experience decided, you know what, Anthony Lynn, I definitely know more about calling plays than you. So no I'm time like learning that. on the job with a bad team. He called the abhorrent play call game against Pittsburgh, but we've already talked about that game enough, so we're going to move straight on. And he continued his nefarious play calling ways against Cleveland. A Cleveland team that, for whatever reason, is rolling out a quarterback that does not have working body parts. Like Baker Mayfield. I don't know why he's playing football. So were right we. Now. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we were playing a guy who has thrown more interceptions in his collegiate and pro career than touchdowns. All right. So why is he on this team? Like how this why guy has a job him? is <laughs> that's not. It's that's another question. That is another question for Dan Campbell. Why is he on this team and why are you starting him? But we don't. I'm not going to go. We don't have time to get into personnel decisions tonight because I'm just going to yell more and be more mad. This is the bet you've made. You're rolling with this quarterback. It's your choice as a head coach. So he decided we're going to roll with it. And he decided once again that we're not even going to attempt to throw the football, which is just, it's unbelievable. Like, I get why you don't want to throw the football a lot. Like, you don't have a mass effort back there, all right? You don't. But at some point in an NFL football game for a team that is 0-8-1, or is it 0-9-1? I don't even know our freaking record. No. It's not, it's not, not. Well, after this loss, we're 0-9-1. There's, there's no, no wins on it. So... You, at some point, have to try to throw the football. You'd think, like, third and tens, you might throw the football. Third and fourteens, you might throw the football. Um, but no, we didn't even attempt to do so. Like, there's nothing even resembling attempting to move the ball downfield. And I get it, right? Like, our quarterback sucks. Our receivers when, suck. When my quarterback not, has a 3-1 to one interception to touchdown it. ratio, yeah, I'm not throwing the ball much either. Brian Hoyer hardly had a positive touchdown-interception ratio. It wasn't three. To, it wasn't three to one interceptions. Not, listen, again, we're not evaluating the personnel. Dan Campbell thinks he's good enough either. to start. I'm, I'm like, saying no, no, he, he no, chose, no. He does not. He no, does listen, not. He doesn't have any other options. That's a. That's not true. Dan Campbell has a huge say in personnel decisions. And Dan Campbell one chose to roster him. Listen, I I, I watched the freaking Pittsburgh pit, Pittsburgh. I watched the Carolina Panthers run through three different quarterbacks. All of which this season, all of which are better than anything we've rolled out there. Pulling guys off the street better than what we're rolling out there. So don't tell me you don't have better options. There's plenty of oh, better you options. Him, oh, you wanted him you, to go get go go get you, Cam Newton. It didn't have to be Cam Newton. Trade for any back. No, he, he wanted uh, uh, guys off the scraps. You chose to roll Tim Boyle out there over David Blau, who we know sucks, but he is better than whatever the hell Tim Boyle is. Jesus Christ! But regardless, that's what they chose to roll with. You are an NFL player. Whether you deserve to be in the NFL or not is irrelevant. You are an NFL quarterback. Your job is to throw the football, okay? As a coach, you were talking about an 0-9-1 team. You are not throwing the ball on third downs down by a score. It is, And then we have fourth and one at Cleveland's 25-yard line. Okay, fourth and one. We have a running back that is healthy. And been performing very well in DeAndre Swift. All right, he's no Jonathan Taylor, but he's been all right, okay? 
offensive line has been decent. The only thing we've done is run the ball. The only thing we've done well, which kind of well, is run the ball. Our offensive line is playing pretty decent. And Dan Campbell half the season was freaking riverboat run. Right? Just this this, this going, sounds like good arguments to not throw the ball. Going forward on, they should throw the ball? No, no, no. Going forward on every fourth down. It is fourth and one at Cleveland's 25-yard line. You're down by six points in the fourth quarter of a football game. And you decide to kick a field goal. Your offense has not moved the ball. How much time was left? I don't know. It was fourth quarter. It was late-ish in the fourth quarter. It wasn't like, I don't know, eight minutes, ten minutes? I don't know. Eight, oh, court. so so plenty of time left to get the ball back after you trust your defense to shut out a Browns team that you've to done get the ball all, back all and do what with get back into a field goal range you are fourth not overtime getting, get you another are not tie getting back to here okay you have a golden opportunity to go for it close oh, to you the can, end you can't zone. have that you can't have that kind of lack of faith in your team he's got to think he's trying to get back there by not throwing the football yeah well look how well Swift ran the ball and then again again. We punt the ball at the end of a football game after third and 14 running a draw play. How down many yards did the draw points. get? Down, uh, five, I think. So you had fourth down, and nine? Yeah, you should punt when it's fourth and nine. Down three points. You're down three points in the fourth quarter, late fourth quarter, against a team with Nick Chubb. Your offense has not moved the ball at all because they can't, and you also refuse to throw or do anything. And on third and 14, down three points. You're not even trying to win a football game. You're not. You're not doing anything to win this game. You are actively choosing to punt your chances of having any chance of winning this football game. Away. This is the whole game. This because is the whole game. we're not trying game. to win this year. But you can't say he's not. The problem is he is incompetent. As fans know, we don't care if we win. But he does care, and he's still incompetent. He consistently makes decisions to lose football games. He is erratic. He has no idea what his philosophy is. Well, he's well, learning. He's a rookie well, year some, as a coach. Sometimes he's going for it on every fourth down when it doesn't even make sense. Other times he's not going for it on any fourth downs when it behooves you to do so. He's taking play calling duties, having no idea what he's doing calling plays from somebody who half-ass does. He constantly makes decisions to make us worse. Which will help us get the first pick. But it doesn't help us have a good head coach. That's not true. It doesn't help us not have a good head coach this year. All he has shown all season long is mistake after mistake. He has not put an already poor team. You would expect out of a rookie head coach. No, you would not expect these decisions. Anybody that's made it anywhere near the NFL, you would not expect these decisions. Listen, you expect some blunders, all right? Maybe a clock mismanagement situation. Maybe not knowing an obscure rule that hurts your team. That shit happens. We've the had stuff head coaches that he's do that. Done, the stuff that he's done cannot happen. It can't. Ha- it shouldn't happen to high school coaches, let alone someone leading an NFL team. It is a who, who was it that up. challenged the play and like we, we like lost a timeout because of it? Was like, like, Schwartz. Schwartz. Completely it was Schwartz. Schwartz. <laughs> not yeah. not we lost the game because they couldn't because we challenged it. They couldn't review it. It was the Thanksgiving or game. Marty Morningway kicking in overtime. So we'll take the out. wind. <laughs> Listen, see, everyone laughs at that, but Bill Belichick has done it. <laughs> like, everyone laughs, like, oh my god, how could you? Like, it's not, it happens. That's it's, about the only thing that Marty Morningwag and Bill Belichick have in common. 
I, I'm just, it's, people laugh at him because it's the Lions and the result, but like, especially nowadays, the way overtime is now, it makes even more sense, but we're not going to dive down that hole. The point is, Dan Campbell makes egregious mistake after egregious mistake, seemingly every week now, with a team that is desperate to get a win. And they are. You might not want them to win a football game, but they are desperate for a win. And it is clear that he is way out over his skis. And it's, I don't want this. I, 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 Dan Campbell is such an easy guy to root for. He is a football guy at his core. He is a no-nonsense guy. He's a then very Then give the man some guy. time. I, time to do what? He is, does To learn and become a better head I, coach. I, he's not, the things that he is doing are not things that, okay, you just learn from that. You know what? All right, that didn't work. I'm not going to do that next time. The decisions he is I making. I think they're the exact the, things that the you The decisions learn from. he is making are roadblocks to him ever being successful as a coach. If he is not willing to take a modicum of risk to even try to win a football game, then listen, you don't have. When you're a head coach, you don't need to learn from mistakes to, oh, I should try harder to win the football game. That's not a mistake. You're a f- idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with the Dan Campbell experience. I'm, I'm ready to move Let's on. Let's go to the picks. Right, let's go to the picks. Last week was a good week for two people who could use good weeks. And me, because I went 10 and uh-huh. 0. Uh, <laughs> Ryan and Dylan <laughs> tied for the lead last week, 7 and 3, both putting up much needed good weeks. Um, we, we shuffled around a little bit. It was, it was a good week for both of them. Myself. Five and five, as normal. I've been I've been right on that five hundred line lately. It's it's been it's been a, a drag. I'm sorry, it was Matt that went seven and three. I apologize. Dylan and Matt. Ryan went four and six. Um falling a little lying. bit further behind the pack. Me and AJ remember. Wait, I went seven and three? Yes. Uh, he's out here lying, is what happened. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. You did the thing. Uh you went huh? uh five and oh in, in the NFL. Shut up. Yeah. Are you uh, sure? Indianapolis, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Pittsburgh. I, I Wait, honestly Pittsburgh covered? What was the spread? They, it was five. Shut up. Four. Yeah, I think they lost by four, right? <laughs> yeah, they lost by four. I think, honest to God, that might be a game you said they would lose but cover. Because you said that no, about No, no, no. I said that about I said that about Minnesota Green Bay. Ah, I thought because Green Bay was favored by two and a half. You you chose it on the more unlikely one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said uh, Minnesota's going to cover, but I thought Green Bay would win by one. No, they they uh they flat out won. Um. So no, you did. You had a very good week last week, Matt. So congratulations. Um. You have passed a couple people. Uh, a lot of people actually. Uh. Because me and AJ are tied. We're game over five hundred. Me and AJ. We're just over five hundred. Uh. But Matt, with his big week, has charged into. Third place behind myself and AJ. Dylan is in fourth place. What am I like? Two games back of five hundred. Three games back of five hundred. Um, so you're 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 cutting it real close. I need another uh, Dylan, seven and three week. All right. Yeah, Dylan in fourth place, five games back of five hundred. Uh, Ryan struggling a little bit. Fifth place, seven games. That's because you of just took three games away from me. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> seven games back of five hundred for Ryan, and uh, Don. Don is having a rough year. Don is 19 games under 500. He is so far back of the pack. I'm pretty sure it's impossible for him to I mean, catch up at this point. To be fair, Don He's, doesn't really do much research or anything. He just looks at it and goes, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. Don covers 
Guess what? So do All I. All of this more than anybody. Don is so up to date on the latest news. And he just sucks this year. I don't know, man. I mean, Don's having a rough year. But we're going to kick it off with a, a not rough week. We're going to be full of positivity this week because we need all the positivity in the world. Okay? Like, we, we got it. We got to do this. We, we need all, all, all Michigan on board. We got to go down with Ohio. But we start with a Friday night game. Actually, it's not even a night game. This is super weird. Uh, 9 a.m. local kickoff. Noon Eastern. In the great state of California. We have 21st ranked San Diego State and the Fighting Brady Hoax hosting Boise State. This is a 10-1 San Diego State team, mind you. Boise State 7-4 on the season. But Boise State is 2.5 point road favorites. Uh, boo, boo, boo. I don't know. Sure, home dog, San Diego State. Give me uh, give me them. What are they, the Aztecs? Yeah, the Aztecs. Yeah, they are. All right. Yeah, give me the Fighting Brady Hoax, too. This is interesting because weeks ago, Boise State was not good. Didn't look good. Didn't play good. And then you got road wins for them recently at Fresno State. Good football team. At BYU, not a bad football team. Man. Let's see if they can keep it going. Let's roll with the Broncos. I told you guys before, I've actually watched a lot of San Diego State this year. I stay up late on Saturdays, and a lot of their games are on for the nightcap. Um, they played, they kind of played to their competition a little bit. The Hawaii game was pretty ugly. They pulled away late. Um, but I've also seen them look pretty darn good at times. The metrics kind of hate them, though. Um, despite being 10-1, despite being a top 25 team, uh, pretty much all season, um, only one loss on the season, a close one. Uh, they're, they're still not in the top 50 of pretty much any analytics, whereas Boise State is is climbing up there. Like Matt said, they've been on a surge lately, and I'm going to trust the analytics on this one because I certainly don't trust AP voters. As much as I want to go with Brady Hoke to get it done, I think he falls shy of a 11-win regular season. Um, I'm going to take Boise State to win and cover on the road, and that me, Matt, and Dylan uh, to make this one an even split. So an exciting way to start, and that gets us right into the game we've talked about so much. Ohio State, eight and a half point road favorites over Michigan. And that line has moved from the initial six and a half point mark uh, before the Ohio State-Michigan State game. And a lot of money is coming in Ohio State, public money lately. Yeah, bet. For for good reason. Uh, I'll take Ohio State. We talked about it earlier. I think this game is like 55-28 in the last seven games. Ohio State scored 40-plus five times. The other two times, they scored 30. And in the last two games, they scored 62-56. and 56. So I expect, you know, more of that same recipe for uh, for Thanksgiving. Go Buckeyes. Oh, man. I don't really know what to do here, to be honest. Yes, you do. Don't don't be stupid like Ryan and I last week, thinking with our hearts, <laughs> Think, thinking our team had a had, a, had like, a chance staying inside of nineteen and a half. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you what my head tells me that Ohio State's going to cover. My gut tells me that Michigan is going to lose, but 
lose by like a touchdown or less. AJ, you've been starving yourself for Thanksgiving. Your gut is just hungry. Don't listen to it. I'm going with my gut. Give me Michigan to cover. Hey, Ryan, how much of my betting money do you have left? Like 60 bucks, <laughs> 50 bucks? Whatever uh, it is. I, I want if you can find Ohio State at a single digit cover, put all my money left on it. Because well, it already is. It's already it's already eight and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you can find that online, go put my money on it. All of it. All I got All right. left because Ohio State's going to win this game by double digits. It's I just don't see Michigan having enough to stay with them and keep this close. I don't think there's going to be a ton of turnovers. There might be one or two, but I think Ohio State wins this thing by 12-plus. Don and Dylan do not agree. Don and Dylan are on the Michigan train. Oh my God. Dylan's been saying Michigan can beat this Ohio State team for the last, like, four weeks. No, he was actually saying it after the Oregon game. Um, actually, maybe the week before the Oregon game. Um, he's been, he was saying it for a long time. But everything I have seen this season, watching both teams plenty, uh, it tells me that if Michigan keeps this game within 17, they played a pretty decent game. In, in the coaching staff did a pretty good job. Uh, that sounds very pessimistic. I, I, it sounds really pessimistic. I'm with AJ in the sense that... And, and this could just be... Blind love. That I cannot bring myself to choose Ohio State to run up the score on us as they're very capable of. Whether I thought they were going to or not, I could not bring myself to pick Ohio State with everything that this game means and what it's going to be. But I feel it in my bones that despite what we've seen on the football field, despite Michigan's defense being vulnerable, and it is, they're going to find the fish, and there's plenty of them, especially in the middle of the field, especially in the linebacking unit. Ohio State's going to put up points. But I'm going to choose to believe in the preparation of this team. I'm going to choose to believe in home field advantage. I'm going to choose to believe in how hard they will play and that they will want it more. I'm going to pick Michigan to have a nail-biter of a game. It will come down to the last possession. I don't know who's going to win, but I'm going to pick Michigan to certainly cover. And that takes us to Michigan State coming off. A good I fight. Wanna, a good I wanna, fight. I want to say the missing. I want to say they're uh, most disappointing. A, a good, a good half of football. I yeah. They yeah. they drew they drew even with Ohio State the second half. Yeah. Uh, I want to say their most disappointing game of the football season, but I'm not sure if that's accurate. I don't know. I, it would be for me. Um, as bad as the Purdue game was, forty nine nothing and a half is something. Because if I, we beat Purdue, we'd still have a chance to go to Indy. Well, that'd be ruined like hell for Michigan on Saturday. Okay, so so Purdue was more disappointing. Yeah. Okay, so for me it's the non-competitiveness, but that's fine. That's why I didn't say that. That's why I said, I don't know. Michigan State is coming off a devastating loss, no matter how you paint it. They have fallen to 12th in the CFP rankings, which is not bad, all things considered. 12th in playoff, hosting. baby. They are hosting 7-4 Penn State, a Penn State's team that has struggled mightily, a Penn State team that we already talked about losing to Illinois. And yet, they are still one-point home dogs. And you might think that's kind of curious. 
Um, not really. We're with probably without Jalen Ayler, maybe Jaden Reed. Uh, he injured himself at the very end of the first half last week. Uh, are going to be without uh, Jared Horse, probably still the left tackle. And last week, uh, Kovarish Crouch, our linebacker, was playing with like just some giant-ass brace on his leg. So Michigan State, they're starting to feel the injury bug now at the end of the season when, for the most part, anyway, throughout the season, they were pretty fortunate, and uh, now it's now it's getting them. But uh, I want this team to win 11 games, and if they win 11 games, I'll be over the moon. I don't even necessarily think they're really going to win this game. I think it will be close, but uh, I'll pick with my 11-game wanting heart. Give me the Spartans. Go green. Is is Kenneth Walker nursing an injury, too? Nursing his uh, no, bruised ego. No, he, he could have played last week. He wanted to play last week, too, according to Rico in the second half. And the coaches I, told him no. I think he's nursing it's an like injury. like an ankle or something. I mean, he's a running back, and, you know, it's not anything like obscene, but I'm sure his ankles and lower legs aren't feeling great. Okay. Um, I didn't know that about Jalen Reed, to be honest with you. Um, which kind of changes. Well, Jalen Reed's going to play, is he? I don't know. He was in a walking boot last week. Jaden Reed. Jalen Naylor. Jaden. Sorry. 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 Um, yeah. All of those factors. Give me Penn State. Uh, predictably. I'm sorry. Hater. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. You damn right you are. <laughs> uh, to me, it just comes down to Clifford. Uh, Penn State has a damn good running defense. And... I don't know how effective we're going to be on the ground. With Clifford in the game and healthy, they're pretty decent at passing the ball. We've seen how bad we are at stopping the pass. If it is a if it's a Clifford, if it's a quarterback showdown, I don't like our chances as much, especially with some of our biggest weapons not in the game. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm picking Penn State. Predictably, Don is on Penn State because he hates Michigan State. Uh, Dylan is on Michigan State. As a rival should. All season. Uh, stop. stop. <laughs> Don, Don probably just got the biggest chuckle in the world. He's so happy right now hearing that. He's like, he's going to send you a gift basket, dickhead. Uh, <laughs> just don't go to that Ghirardelli store again, Don. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, back to the picks. Uh <laughs> Ryan and Dylan are on Michigan State. Um, they're they're kind of alone here. Uh, to me, I, I I not to piggyback off Matt, but I don't disagree at all. It's all about Sean Clifford's health to me. Um, if Sean Clifford's healthy, Penn State's the better team. Uh, the X factor is going to be Michigan State's D line. Uh, we talk about Penn State has a very poor offensive line. If Michigan State's D line can do what they've done to poor offensive lines, they do have a chance in this game. Problem is, your secondary sucks, dude. And uh, if Clifford's healthy, if Clifford's healthy, they're going to throw the ball enough to score enough, and their defense is exceptional. It really is. Uh, I think Michigan State, their lack of depth is starting to come into play a little bit as they get toward the end of the season. They're kind of limping to the finish line. I, I think it's just going to be a struggle if they Sean could, Clifford's they healthy. They score 17 points, they could win this game. Like, if Sean, if Sean Clifford's not healthy, 
If Sean Clifford's not healthy, I think Michigan State rolls this game. But I'm, I'm betting on his health. He's supposed to be kind of mostly good to go. Uh, if you if he's not, you guys are welcome because we beat the shit out of him in our game a couple weeks ago. If Clifford's um, not healthy, yeah. it's gonna. I think this game ends up looking like freaking State Iowa for the Big Ten championship, where it's no, ugly no. <laughs> and low scoring, but we oh, hold wear on. them out wasn't in the that end. Like, wasn't that like twenty four twenty or something? No, it was like thirteen to nine. Oh, was it that bad? Yeah, yeah. Was that bad? Yeah, it was that uh, bad. No, I, I will take Penn State in this game, though. I'm going to bet on Clifford's health, uh, and I think they're a better team with a healthy Clifford. And that brings us to the Big Ten Peter. West title game, kind of. Because uh, as long as 14th-ranked Wisconsin wins this game, they go to the title game. A Wisconsin game that started the season with a whimper, but has ended on a roar. They've been rolling for a while now. That second-ranked defense has been absolutely awesome. They've started to find their way on offense. And they are seven-point road favorites against Minnesota to close out the Big Ten West and take another trip to Indy, even being like the fourth-best team in the Big Ten. Uh, Minnesota's going to win this game outright. P.J. Flex going to get to go to the uh, the Big Ten championship game. Row the boat, baby. I think Wisconsin's defense is too good. And I think Merch does just enough to get them to cover in this game. Yeah, Wisconsin's been untracked. Finally, over the last five weeks, they've uh, they've looked like a good football team, and uh, I think that continues against Minnesota, who showed flashes against Iowa last week but couldn't complete the job. I think same thing happens here. I think Wisconsin is able to uh, add a second score on to clinch this thing and win by more than a touchdown. It's going to be just me and Ryan, uh, different reasons. Uh, Ryan has blind hate for Wisconsin, especially ever since I said Wisconsin would walk over uh, Michigan State, which as the season's gone on, I think looks more and has more obvious. Has proven to be false. Uh, I think looks very obvious at this point. Shame we won't know because you guys can't make it to Indy. But I do think uh, we've We've actually been there. So. Yeah, this man acting like he's <laughs> ever been there. What are you there? talking about? We're, we're talking about this season. Thank you very much. Y'all ain't uh, going there either. I, I know. All right, I know. No, you, 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 you want to say that? You want to say this remains to be seen because of this Listen, weekend? But y'all another, ain't going there either. I have another few days to uh-huh. dream. Okay. All right, because the door is not shut yet. All right, so I got another few days. Uh, Big Wisconsin, and bad because we had to play Ohio State first. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin, I do not think struggles to win this game. I do think they struggle to pull away, however, and end up winning by three or four points. So I will take Minnesota to cover the quite large spread at home. And that brings us to the nightcap. We have the Oklahoma bloodbath, 10th-ranked Oklahoma, who is on a downtrend. What What did I say last week and the week before that? And the week before that, I, you stop putting like, this damn it's team. Not, on it's the a picks. top ten. It is a top ten matchup. I don't care. If it says Oklahoma, <laughs> I don't want to pick it. I know you don't. I don't want to pick it either. But it's on the picks. Tenth ranked Oklahoma. I'm just telling you, you're getting the coin on, on this the one. Road, on just the road, on the road, Oklahoma State. Seventh ranked Oklahoma State, who has wa- just one loss. Getting the coin app ready. I, I, do these teams have to play two weeks in a row? Like I, I don't. I, they may have to meet again in the Big 12 title game, although I don't know where Baylor fits into that. Uh, but some no, great yeah, Oklahoma it's, State. No, it's, it's a rematch next week. It's oh, happening. my goodness. It's horrible. Oklahoma State has an outside shot at the playoff. Technically. You say it's horrible. You would beg for Michigan-Ohio State to have that chance to play back-to-back weeks. No. In 2016, <laughs> no. yes. Since then, no. <laughs> Only in 2016. In 2016, I would have taken it. Not, Not since then. 
because uh, we had to dog walk them in 16. Um, Oklahoma State's four point. If only favorite. we got to see him play. I hate you. Ooh, there we go. Y'all beat Ohio State, lose to Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. So there's Shut no up. Big Ten representative Shut in up. the uh, in the CFP. But the Rose Bowl doesn't want to see Wisconsin either. So it's a rematch of Michigan and Ohio State of the Rose Bowl. <laughs> why? 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 That's literally the worst nightmare of all time. That's amazing. <laughs> no. What is you are a sick and twisted individual. This is why your wife did what she did. <laughs> Probably. Oh wow. <laughs> now you deserve it. AJ, it's on you, buddy. Wait, did, did oh, Ryan, who, who did did Ryan, Ryan pick? pick? Oh, no, it's not Ryan. My bad. It's Ryan here. Uh give me Oklahoma State. They're eyeing <coughs> their uh, shot at the playoff. They just came out today, number seven. Um and I think if a couple things break right for them, they could fill that that fourth spot. So I'll take the uh, I'll take the Cowboys here. This feels like one of those games where like Oklahoma's gonna do just enough. I don't think that they're going to win. I I hate Oklahoma so much. I hate that you put them on here too. <laughs> like I'm on this train with Matt. All right, I'm not picking this game. I'm on the coin pick this game. I'm calling heads for. The Cowboys, because they have heads. And tails for the Sooners, because they got big-ass tails. Oh, one for the Sooners. One for the Cowboys. What? Give me the Cowboys. Coin is spoken. We're going to have an even split. Uh, Matt, Ryan, Dylan. Okie State. So, I my problem with this game is... I've seen Oklahoma and Oklahoma State... In this situation, it feels like every other year. And every time I pick Oklahoma State. Like every time. Yep. And every single time, they they shit the bed. Like I, I don't they're they've been the better team and they shit the bed. I've seen them be what I thought was the clear cut better team and lose by twenty points to Oklahoma. They're at home. They should win this game. But Oklahoma like just seems to have their number when they're in this position where Oklahoma State's on the verge of a special year, and they just can't get over the hump against Oklahoma. And now you're asking them to do it twice. It's like, come on. Uh, on the plus side, I can pick Oklahoma, still root for an Oklahoma State victory and get the cover, uh, but four points is, is too much for me to lay with a team that just has not gotten it done in this game, even when they should. So I am going to take Oklahoma to cover the four points. And that takes us to... Kind of a packed NFL slate. The best NFL slate we've had in a while. Um, it's actually a pretty solid set of games. And we're not even picking anything. How are the games. Lions not on Paul here? has uh, decided to no longer pick the Lions. He, so AJ, he made this AJ rule missed last it last week. Yeah, on the, so, on the game they're going to win. And Paul's not picking them. I, I actually don't disagree with that. Uh, the tie was so abhorrent in how it happened. And that game was so disgusting. You missed it last week, AJ. I, I've never seen a worse football game. I don't know if anybody has. I don't know if there's ever been a worse football. I mean that. Like, if, for both teams, it was the Pittsburgh game I'm talking It was so disgusting, so ugly. And it, the way that game unfolded, everything, I, that game was so bad. I didn't want to watch football anymore for another week. I was done with the sport. That's how awful that game was. Like, I didn't, I was, I was over football. And that's never happened to me before, ever. It was vomit-inducing. And that's not, I say that using hyperbole sometimes, that's not what that is. Like, legitimately felt ill. That's not a joke. I, I didn't want 
to see a football thrown around anymore. Okay, you are literally giving me a three-hour podcast to go fucking do. So can we please get on with the picks? Hey, you're the one that tried to get late in the middle of it. That wasn't going to extend the podcast. Anyway, AJ, point is, we are... We are <laughs> oh, my God. We are not picking the Lions until okay, they fine. win a football a, game. Until they win a football game. They're fine. off the picks. They're banned from fine. the picks, um, which I never thought I'd do. But here we are. So we have a packed fun slate that involves no Thanksgiving Day games, all Sunday football games, uh, three in the 1 o'clock slot, starting with Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, four-and-a-half-point road dogs. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, bah, bah, bah. I don't know. I feel like I haven't picked Cincinnati in a while. So give me the Bengals here, division rival. Uh, they want to stay. Yeah, they they, they want to keep up and have their dream season reach the playoffs. Yeah, that spread is way too high. Give me Pittsburgh. The reason that spread is so high, AJ, is because the Steelers still don't know about T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Joe Hayden. That is very very important to a Steeler victory or keeping this game close. If they're in this game, I'm with the Steelers. Right now they're not in this game, so I'll pick the Bengals. Oh, we're going to have a clean split on this one. Ryan, Matt, Dylan picking Cincinnati. Uh, I'm on Pittsburgh. They looked really solid last week in a back-and-forth affair against the Chargers. A really good game. Big Ben looked better than he's looked in a while. Still sketch, still very sketch, but their defense is really good. Even if Mika can't play, even if T.J. Watt can't play, they're very good. Um, I, I, I like this Pittsburgh team. I don't think Cincinnati's that good. What scares me is I've picked, I think, every Cincinnati game wrong this season. I, when I'm on them, they're off. When I'm off them, they're on. Right, here's it's hoping you're right again. Play. I know. I'm, I'm, gonna take... I'm really uncomfortable with how much I'm agreeing with Don this week. I am going to take Pittsburgh. Um, you mean the fact that you've picked every game the same as Don Look, this week? AJ, it's yes. probability every and odds. One? At some point, Don's got to get it right. Every single game you've been with. Six games with Don. Uh, I am back in Pittsburgh in this one. That takes us to uh, Curious Spread. Tampa Bay, three-point favorites over an Indianapolis team that I warned you guys about all season, that Ryan hated on, but they, after a slow start, have looked really, really good, maybe even class of the AFC. But they're three-point home dogs against the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah, you're asking me to pick Carson Wentz over Tom Brady, and I'm just absolutely not going to do that. So I will take Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on the road, get back into Super Bowl form. Yeah, and uh, since I'm playing Paul in our fantasy league this week, Jonathan Taylor's going to come back to earth, and I am going to get a victory over him. I mean, it's either a coincidence that he's going to come back to earth because you're facing Paul, or it's a coincidence he's going to come back to earth because he's facing the best run defense in the NFL. It's one or the other, AJ. You could be on the winning side on this one. Uh, Peyton, Man- yeah. <laughs> Peyton Manning no longer across the way from Tom Brady, who's had some memorable games in Indianapolis before. Uh, I think this one will be another one. This defense is going to be tested, but I think they get the job done, and they contain Jonathan Taylor enough to make life have to sit on the shoulders of Carson Wentz I think Wentz versus Brady, I'm going with Brady. I mean, there's a reason that Nick Foles was the one who won that Super Bowl and not Carson Wentz. So give me Brady. <laughs> oh, because Carson Wentz was in a wheelchair. Relax. Uh, although, outside of that, I've not agreed, agreed with Matt on much this week. But on the ones we agree, we really agree. I do think Jonathan Taylor comes back down to earth, although it's impossible not to after last week because that was a record-setting day of absurdity. Uh, dropping 50 points on people's heads. But 
Matt said it. Tampa Bay, are you the best run defense in the NFL? And Indianapolis can have to throw the ball a little more. I, I, I'm really proud of Frank Reich. He, he realized that if they just hand the ball off every play, they'll be very successful. The problem is this is not the game to do that. And I'm scared he will try and it won't work and then he'll never do it again and just troll all of us. But I'm going to pick Tampa Bay on this one. I, I do like Tampa Bay on this one. Only Dylan is on an island. Only Dylan. Tennessee. Again, I'm in agreement with Don. Golly. Oh, my goodness. Seven in a row. We're gonna, let's keep this train rolling. Uh, we got <sighs> Tennessee, who has struggled in King Henry's absence. Um, last week was a horrifying loss. A Mike Rabel loss. What a horribly coached game. Oh, my God. I, I wanted to fire Matt Campbell. Jesus Christ. I will fire Mike Rabel after last week. Not really, but it, it was really bad. Uh, Tennessee is six and a half point road dogs to New England team that some people are starting to talk about as contenders. Yeah, I, I think New England's pretty good, but six and to just give them six and a half points, I know the Titans have been, you know, lackluster as of late, but six and a half is just too many. I'll I'll take the Titans there. Yeah, six and a half does seem like a lot. Uh, AJ Brown has been down. I think that he's going to have a big week for me in both of my fantasy leagues. So, give me the Titans to cover that six and a half. Uh, Titans walked into the Houston game thinking they already won it. This is a different animal. Vrabel's facing his his head coach, his mentor. Uh, he's going to have his team ready. Yes, they do not have King Henry, and that is the reason this spread is the way it is. Because if they had King Henry, Tennessee would be a road favorite, probably by one, one and a half. Uh Patriots still have to do some scoring against a decent Tennessee defense. And I think that's where this six and a half is just a little too many. I think a field goal game, a four point win, something like that for new England. So give me the Titans. Uh, people are really overreacting to last week. I, I know that Tennessee had an abhorrent slip up against Houston, but do y'all see what they did the few weeks before that? Like every week, just decimating good football teams even without King Henry. Uh, Tennessee's a good-ass football team. New England's solid, but six and a half points is a lot in the NFL against a good football team. I am also going to back Tennessee. And for back-to-back picks, we have Dylan on an island alone picking Oppo. And that makes it eight out of eight, AJ and Don, in the lockstep going into the game of the week. Either that or Paul's changing Don's picks to make it look that way. How this is not the game, flex to Sunday night, I don't understand. Uh, but I'm okay with it because I have plans and I don't want to be up late because I'm an old man. The LA Rams are traveling to Green Bay, and this one is a pick'em. Coming you off a bye ex- week, LA Rams. You should be ecstatic. Matt Stafford is not on prime time. Let me. I will take the Rams in this one though. Uh, coming off that embarrassing loss against the 49ers, you give them a bye week. Sean McVay and LaFleur are apparently pretty good friends, uh, and I think McVay is upset probably that he lost to Kyle Shanahan, who I think is also his good friend. And those are, you know, like the three offensive-minded young head coaches uh, that people like talking about. So I think there's a, a bit of a pecking order and some competition there. So coming off the bye week, I expect uh, McVay to be cooking something up and for them to pull out the win in Green Bay. Um, I actually think that the opposite. I think the Packers have a lot to prove. 
Um, they lost last week, right? Yeah, they lost to Minnesota. To Minnesota, right? Yeah. So I, I think that they've got, you know, a lot to prove here. Um, and I think that L.A. traveling to Green Bay, I think that makes a difference. So give me Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not a hundred percent, and that's going to play a huge factor. He looked a hundred percent on. Yeah, Sunday. he looked pretty good against Minnesota. I know. But he's he's cost me my he's, he's nursing matchup. a toe injury and toes suck when you're trying to do things sometimes. Uh, Rams hey, off a yeah, bye. I, I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, Stafford going to end that little undefeated streak at home with Green Bay. Give one for the Lions out there. So give me the Rams. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Undefeated streak. Packers haven't lost at home. Oh, just this. All right, I thought you were saying something else. It's just Stafford. I. Um, I thought you were saying Stafford hasn't beat them in Green Bay. No, I'm saying the Packers haven't lost this year at home. That ends this weekend. Stafford's going to do one uh, for the did. Lions there. Give them that loss at home. He did, he did it, what, once? One time. A whole one time. Should have been twice. Uh, <coughs> I don't even know. Good job, Matt. We might have been twice. I think Rodgers missed the game. They did it again. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is a tough game for me. Uh Rodgers actually looked worse when he was healthier when he played against Seattle. Did he, did he play that one where Matt Flynn bit. came in and destroyed us? Was that Stafford? Yeah, it was Stafford. <laughs> well, it wasn't Stafford that gave up sure. 600 Sure it was. No, it definitely Flynn. was not Stafford that gave up all those yards and touchdowns to Matt Flynn. That was, Lions defense got Matt Flynn paid by Seattle. That was rough, buddy. Yes, they did. <laughs> to not even start a game. To not even start a game because Russell, Russell like, oh, drafted Russell. Oh, he's actually really good. Yeah, he can play this guy. But it was fine because they were paying Russ peanuts anyway, so it worked out. Uh, I Obviously, I want the Rams to win this game. They are in danger of a three-game skid, which doesn't feel as bad because they had the bye week last week. But they lost two bad games that they hardly competed in. They've had all sorts of trouble. And Green Bay's not really a team that you want to go to in the middle of winter, pretty much. I mean, it, it certainly feels like it's 30 degrees out right now. And uh, and try to get right against Um I'm kind of picking with my heart on this one. I, the bye week, I think, is huge. They got some time to rest up, to strategize, to get OBJ integrated in the offense, which before, not a big deal. Then Robert Woods go down. All of a sudden, OBJ is a massive acquisition, and he needs to acclimate very fast, get into the playbook, not run the wrong route and give up on routes, and actually help this team win a football game, something he did not do for the Cleveland Browns. So I am going to pick the Rams. It's going to be a good one, hopefully. Uh, AJ and Dylan. Only ones on Green Bay. Everybody else got the Rams. Not with Don. Not with Don. One time on the nine. Congratulations. And that takes us to our nightcap. I think it's our nightcap. They're flexing games, and I hope I didn't mix them up. Uh, I got Cleveland at Baltimore's four-point dogs for the Sunday night football game. I, I believe that is the Sunday night football game. Well, if it's at 820, yeah, because they flexed. What, clear? They, they flexed something else. It doesn't matter. Lamar should be back after his mysterious non-COVID illness. They kept him out all week, and I—I I mean, I don't like the way this the Cleveland. It happened. Nope, not anymore. <laughs> you play with it. Michael Jordan did. Scotty Pippen couldn't. But I don't like the way the Cleveland's. Whatever, whatever it was is <laughs> worse than a migraine, bitches. Not worse than a back injury and, uh, though. <laughs> Well, that's why he played like he had a broken back. We could tell. The uh, I I'm I haven't been impressed with the Browns lately. Uh, I think Baker's been really bad. I think the team's been really bad. I will take uh, the Ravens in this game pretty comfortably. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty simple cover for Baltimore here. I don't want to pick either one of these teams. I don't trust either one of these quarterbacks. Uh, we'll see how Fuck healthy you. Lamar is. Baker definitely doesn't look good. Um, the Ravens are pretty much ownership of this rivalry recently. They've won three out of the last four, and they're 3-1 and one at home. I think four's a lot. <clears throat> this might end up being a push, but uh, yeah, I'll go with the Ravens. Goddamn right. Y'all making this one even tougher on me. I Every logical, Baker's banged up. The Ravens' defense is awesome. And if, if Cleveland's going to be one-dimensional, it's going to be extra awesome. I don't know how they're going to move the ball. Baltimore kind of sucks, man. It's like... <laughs> so does Cleveland. Just, they beat the Lions by three. By, they scrape by these games. It's like They beat the Lions like begging, by three. Four points begging me to take Cleveland. <laughs> I think the Ravens only beat them by two, right? Like, I, 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 think, I think Baltimore should be like a seven-plus point favorite in this game. And they're not. It's like, well, let me take... Take them so bad. I'm, I'm gonna go out on an island. I don't care. I got a lead. I'm gonna protect it. I'm gonna take Cleveland. Y'all can suck it. Well, we'll find out who'll be sucking it next week. Ryan, do the thing. Woo woo. Uh, well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, because I'm sure you're gonna listen to this uh, maybe on Thanksgiving, maybe the day before. But whenever you're listening to it, make sure you go back on the podcast platform that you chose, whether it was Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on all three. Rate, review. Uh, subscribe to the channel comment let us know what you think and then also follow us on social media where we have our youtube channel facebook and twitter which is all sports carnage podcast for ryan griffin paul roshan aj riley i'm matt bassin have very happy turkey day from all of us here at sports carnage thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week we'll be back with y'all next week